0: David Collins rides into town A man of grit and fearless renown His words cut Through like a sharpened knife Bringing truth To this frontier life
1: For oh, David Collins, a man Of might, his voice Echoes
2: through the night He stirs Our souls and will Stand tall for this challenging Man who won't
3: let us fall. Hey there. I'm David Collins and you're listening to the Blind Mike Project. My name is David Collins. Good morning everybody and welcome to the Blind Mike Project hosted by David Collins. Blind Mike reached out to us this week and asked if I would be willing to guest host for him for the New Year's episode. Now usually if somebody says asking to guest host they would just ask to be filling in in their place and they would have clips and a guest unfortunately he did not give us all of that assistance luckily we have a great research team here for david collins 30 minute half hour show i understand that blind mike does a comedy news show he said he's on vacation this week where could he be on vacation blind rehab But we do have a great show planned. Really looking forward to it. We had a lot of fun learning about these subjects. Blind Mike gave us a list of people that he likes to talk about. So this week, we're going to be covering some people on that list, including Joe Mattarese. All I knew before, so much research here on Joe Mattarese, was just that he's such a nice guy. Tom Myers. That's a fun segment, including a Tom Myers game. Of course, we're not going to get through this episode without a fun game, and that's going to come in our Tom Myers segment. Stuttering John. Now, luckily, a lot of people do so much talking about Stuttering John already, that made this probably the easiest research that we had to do. Matt Reif. Of course, Matt Reif back in the news. Always a new Matt Reif controversy. We're going to be looking forward to talking about the newest thing, a polygamy scandal. Of course, we're going to be covering Jim Norton. A lot of people know about what's happening these days in Jim Norton's life, but I thought it'd be fun if we took a little look back to see how we might have seen this coming. And finally, Chad Zumach. We actually had the opportunity to talk with a comedian who opened for Chad Zumach, as well as we catch up a little bit about what he's talking about on his podcast. An interesting subject, he was actually ended up being the favorite person that I learned about this week. But Blind Mike also asked that before we get into any of these subjects that we start the show with some sort of banter. So here comes the banter. Well, Lewis, how was your Christmas? Well, my Christmas
4: was uh, wonderful. It was holly and jolly and full of cheer and
3: Yeah, my dad used to be like that too, um shooting dogs. I don't think he like confused it for the like the grinch or anything though. I think he
5: just oh, No, yeah. I'm sorry. He meant God. I I had dog and God. Yeah, you
3: know we always uh, we always like to get some good banter. Uh, no matter like wherever I'm at, you know, every time I'm talking to somebody, it's it's just always good banter. I feel like um, my favorite banter comedian would be Lewis Black because he I wouldn't say he rants, I would say he he banters on stage. He's a good comedian. Jeff War- Jeff Foxworthy, some of the best banter I've seen oh, yeah. live. I you, I actually followed him uh, on tour like fish, you know, like yeah, like, yeah. The dead. I'm a big fox uh, You're a fox, fox, you're a fox hound. Yeah, I'm a foxhound. hound, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't that great? So first, we're going to be looking at friend of the show, Joe Matarese. I say friend of the show because we actually managed to get a fun voicemail from Joe this week. We have a fun thing to catch up on having to do with his voicemails on his show. We take a fun look at a shared guest that we had on the show. And then we're also just going to go through a couple episodes of his podcast. Okay. Well, first of all, I owe you all listening at home an apology. We were so confident we were going to be getting this Joe Madarese voicemail to air on the show. I've built such a rapport, I thought, with this guy. And like I've said, all I've heard about Joe Madarese is how nice of a guy he is. I didn't think we'd have any issue with with this little get a nice voicemail for the show. So let's get a little background here. A few weeks ago... I called into Joe Mattarese's show. Of course, he takes voicemails on his show, which we're going to be listening to a few of. Unfortunately, he doesn't take maybe as many as he'd hoped to, or we as the listener would hope to see. And here, Joe Mattarese takes voicemails on the show. I decided a couple weeks ago I'd leave him a voicemail on his show, left him a nice voicemail. I was tired he's in a league with somebody that was giving him a hard time talking about the quality of his podcast. Now, I think he has a fine, quality podcast, and I I left him a voicemail knowing it gets better every week. We're all looking forward to it. Keep it going. Don't be discouraged. Joe Matarise is such a nice stand-up guy. At least that's what I thought. He sent me a nice text message after that, so we'll pull up this text message here and read what Joe Mattarise had to say. I leave him that nice voicemail, and Joe Mattarise comes back and says, Thanks very much, David Collins. I'm glad you are seeing growth. Podcasting is deaf, a totally different muscle than stand-up, so there's a lot of trial and error there, unfortunately. No punctuation. Thanks for realizing that and sticking with it. We have a lot of different ideas planned for upcoming episodes. Uh Uh-oh. Just trying to find my podcast niche. I'm enjoying the search and the journey. Joe that was so nice. Thanks so much for that text message back, Joe. Not so thank you for what happened next. So we have that. We're building a nice rapport. I don't even respond to the text message. Happy that he's happy. And then I go ahead and reach out to him on Instagram. So I sent him this nice message on Instagram. I'm not sure how much of this I could show. Of course, you we'll get a little peek. Talking with Blind Mike Geary. So I sent him a nice message on Instagram. Hello, Joe. My name is David Collins. We've met, of course. You should know that, but I'll be, pro- be professional. My name is David Collins. My family and I have been a fan of yours for quite a while. And that's true. Joe Mattaree a household name. Great stand-up comedian. Been a fan of yours for quite a while. I recently left a voicemail on your show. You sent back such a nice text back. You seemed very approachable. I hope this isn't an intrusive question. I also run a small internet show where we play voicemails on the show. It would mean a lot to me and my audience. That's you guys listening. If you would be willing to possibly record a 30 to 60 second voice message and email it to dc 30 minutehalfhourgmailcom at gmail.com so we may play it on the show. I wish I would have asked before we had great guest Chris Scopo on the show. Anyway, thanks so much for doing what you do. Best regards, David Collins. And that's true. We're going to be talking a little about that too. We're going to go over the podcast that Chris Scopo was on with Joe Matarise. Incidentally, they shot it many weeks ago, and did two shootings, and then saved the second shooting to put out right before Christmas. So I'm not sure what his thought is behind that. Not a lot of voicemails. We're gonna get into that, but we had Chris Scopo on our show, David Collins' 30 minute and a half hour show, and asked asked him a little bit. We wanted to hear great things about Joe Matarise. Unfortunately, Chris Scopo was a little was a little hesitant, a little pulled back when it came to talking about Joe Matarise. Anyway. I send this nice message on Instagram to Joe Mattarese and he responds very quickly, mind you, what kind of voicemail? And that's a great question, Joe. What kind of voicemail? Well usually people just do it on a voice recorder app and email it to the show. That way there's a share button. So I explained that to him. It's very simple. And then in case he meant what kind of voicemail as in the topic, I went ahead and said anything new year's related. If you have a resolution, it would be very on theme or just a Merry Christmas, anything to share with our audience, I think it would be a great treat and very much appreciated. Joe doesn't respond. So I give him a couple of days. I wait more than a couple of days here. I think we wait about four days. I follow up with him on Christmas Eve. I say, Merry Christmas, Joe. I just wanted to follow up this morning to see if that voicemail might be something you'd be open to. It may only take a minute to send but it would be such a highlight of our year over here wouldn't it be everybody listening can you imagine we get a voicemail from joe materese before talking about his show how great would that be i don't mean to bug just thought i should follow up this morning happy new year david collins and joe materese does not respond and you know, we thought he was a much nicer guy turns out a little hesitant when it comes to interacting with his true fans a little too bad so a little unfortunate might take taint my view of the show now. It's not going to taint any of my view of this intro, though. I'm going to pull up on the side. We're going to get that Chris Scopo, David Collins' 30-minute, half-hour show, a bit primed here, because we're going to be looking at that a little bit after we talk about Joe Mattaris to see how Chris Scopo kind of feels a few weeks after that shooting. But let's jump into this Joe Mattaris podcast. This was seven days ago now, about a week before Christmas. It's a great podcast. I love this show. I'm really becoming a fan. You might see me in the comments section if you stop by any of these Joe Mattery's podcasts. I'm in there. Let's see if we can find me. Great broadcast. I am a big fan of this show, and you'll feel the same way with this intro. Joe! 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 Mattery Show! I'm a big fan intro. of the show. I've been Joe. listening to this Joe. intro all day.
1: Oh. Hey folks, how are you? How you doing? Welcome.
3: Look I'm doing back. well, Joe. Thanks for asking. You know, I've listened to this podcast already probably three or four times. I can't get enough of it. Where are you, Joe? Can you
1: believe it? got the call back. He just got the call back for the joe mattery show it's great and it's he's interesting that in he's saying
3: me. that it's a callback he's he's of course he's debating in his mind does he want to pretend like chris scopo had come back a few weeks later is he gonna commit to that what's gonna happen
1: yeah. for uh i don't usually say the episode numbers but this will be episode eight we can say that
3: so it is planned enough where he's recording two with chris scopo one is number five and one is number eight and he already knows that ahead of time very calculated, and as I watch this, I'm a little concerned. I think his producer is trying to set him up for disaster, but let's take a little look. We don't have great timestamps, I don't think, for this, but I'm so familiar with this show, we're going to move right by it. Chris Scopo. Thank you so much for having me back. I
4: Dude. appreciate it. First having him back, he that. says.
3: Usually I change clothes. Chris Scopo, a real team player. One thing you'll learn about Chris Scopo, great team player. So it me looks too. like two episodes. Yeah. Did you bring
1: a change of shirt?
3: I did not, no. Oh, uh, I did. Well... Oh, well. Too late. That's great. I like a He's show that again. films like you're, it's a game you're... show, where people have to bring changes of outfit to make it appear like it's a new day. You're only going to notice that uh, we're taped, two in
1: the same day if you, uh, if you look back. Or if you YouTube. point it out if at the beginning of your audio, show. You're going, dude, we don't give a fuck. Just keep know it going. I are talking about. So, so dude, so um, this episode, because I keep, you know, having fun with these things, trying to, you know, Figure out my podcasting. What I'm best he's at. He's a fun what I'm not guy. Although at, I think he's like somebody that really needs to work
3: fly. on his posture. He needs to work on his posture. Is all I'm saying there. You know, I'm not sure. You look at this man. He looks much older than he really is. He is not. He's not adopting a young posture these days. I, is the
1: best way to go with this, and I put it out there on my social media. Right. If you have any just random questions? This is so. This is like a random super fan that's great regular fan whatever they are uh you know i even went through my
3: phone and unfortunately he doesn't get to my voicemail at any 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 part of these any of these shows although i may have even sent it in after the recording of this who knows the way that he's setting all these up but he's letting us know this is going to be a very voicemail centric we're going to be talking to the audience answering your questions at home regular fan whatever they are uh, you know,
1: I even went through my phone and started fucking just text. You ever do that one for a podcast? Is that a, is that
4: cheating?
3: Well, it it sounds people. like That's cheating. Joe. I've 50, certainly never had to 50 do that. People
1: I know
4: and um, just see who's got time i don't like people that much you know <laughs> i don't talk to anybody <laughs> leave me alone unless it's about the mets that's all i care about oh my i wish we had this brother. technology
3: do you know any way we could zoom in at the things jerry i know we could probably pull the edges the thing is i'd really like to focus in on chris scopo's face during a lot of this podcast now that i've interacted with him and i know maybe he's not so keen on this matter east guy at least as much as i thought
1: mother in law he is gonna be so excited is he a met fan he huge love it and yeah Je-
3: are you a jet fan soon? no
4: i'm a giant fan oh really yeah i I'm thought met- it had to go mets jets
3: he's a giant fan a giant fan of what all right well of course like i said it's a voicemail centric show unfortunately they don't get to a voicemail until about 10 minutes into the show a lot of sports talk here at the beginning we're gonna jump ahead dennis miller i used to i never knew what moment shots was till Right. Wow. I did want to address that. I'm glad we nailed that time spot here. Uh, I really have to I have to bring this up. Joe Mattaris, unfortunately, you know, he's, I, I want I to defend the guy. I want to say what a nice guy he is. He's somebody that really tries to portray himself as somebody who I think maybe is a little smarter than he actually is. Let's take a little look at an example of that.
4: <laughs> no one can beat russia if you want to lose your country you invade russia that's what i've learned if you want to lose joe Mataris,
1: yeah bring Talk up history. history sorry about that joe. <laughs> not history a history politics fan. i'm like uh can we get back to movies
2: i learned all about russia and napoleon from eddie Izzard. oh yeah he had a bit about it because <laughs> he, he has a bit about it where he's like napoleon's gonna conquer russia he tried r- rushed in he's like no it's a bit cold it's a bit cold let's get out of here
1: <laughs> it's fun. i'm the same way like i've learned shit from comedians bits oh yeah like,
3: uh dennis miller i Ooh. I don't know if he was really describing learning anything from a bit here, but anyway, this is the crux of my point here. He, he likes to—he likes to say words that I'm not sure he does know what they mean. Same
1: way, like I've learned shit from comedians' bits. Oh yeah. Like, uh, Dennis Miller, I used to—I never knew what moment Shunts was till I fucking. Sometimes I just look it up when I hear the bit, and I'm like laughing. I'm like, I don't even know what that is that he just referenced, and I gotta Google it, and I'm like, oh, that's what moment, moment is. Moment All
3: right. You know, I I'm a, I'm a bit of a gambler myself. Do we have the up upper upper? Do we have the over under on Joe Matarise knows what moment chance is? It's some sort of it's some sort of obscure French mime troupe, I believe. I mean, Joe Matarise is pulling that out for no reason. It's very strange to me. This podcast kind of continues in that way, an odd take. So we're gonna get about 10 minutes into the podcast here, a 40 minute show, by the way. He's cutting down the length of his podcast dramatically. But he does eventually get into a voicemail here about ten minutes in. Letting them fly. And oh, here we go! Actually, it. eleven so,
1: minutes in. I know we got a bunch of them. Let's you got see. a lot we'll of them, right Joe. Time to get in into the voicemails. Give us the first one. I'll give us a first, lot of I'll volume give you, on I'll it give too. The
2: first one right here. This is. You want me to tell you the name of the person? or No, they probably say it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I first certainly said mine. Here we go.
0: Hey, Joe. This is Tony cesario calling. Big fan. Long time. First time caller. Up here from Canada
2: i just had a very important question to ask what do you like more spaghetti or baked ziti i'll take
4: my answer off the air thanks buddy <laughs> this guy's called like he's called the fan i I'll the first time caller i'll listen i'll listen off the air right first, uh, first, first uh, mike, time long time
3: mike what do you think about this mike all right i'll listen off the air i'll do chris russo you do yeah. mike thank god for chris scopo here to try to make some levity i mean you know as a caller into a show like this and i think that guy might have just been trying to pull joe's leg if you ask me but as a caller you ask the which dish do you like more one or the other not the best call-in he he's my favorite i love it
1: come on,
4: on michael. come on
1: now
3: i can do oh, so You're doing better than do. me
4: come on now, michael come on, what are you doing here michael come on what are we doing come on okay 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 <laughs> Great
1: thing. Right. Like he can get so, so, as great as Chris Scopo is, then we're going to skip out. a yeah. few yeah, minutes he forward here.
3: Finally, so the voicemail we caught up to about eleven minutes into the show. At about twelve thirty, the producer stops them from riffing and having a good time. You wouldn't want to do that. Spaghetti or ziti?
1: Oh yeah, we're answering his question. Oh, yeah, answering his question. I forgot about that guy. Forgot about The Mike and the
4: Mad Dog. Let me tell you what I think about ziti. I don't know about a Mike and Chester. A ziti, uh, uh, spaghetti? I don't know. I don't know. Dog, there, dog, that dog, right working that muscle dog you muscle. Good? Dog, ready mine okay so he wants you spaghetti. want to give us should we give him a serious answer i would say not a, go ahead you, yeah. give me your. i first. like spaghetti spaghetti yeah. is you know old fashioned yeah. get the regatta and you put it with the regatta on the on yeah. the spaghetti yeah, yeah it's like always there at your house i gotta have regatta with the, with with
3: like any kind of pasta my
1: wife never
3: buys regatta the best and every time i get one of my favorite parts of this show is Joe Matarese uh, con- con- constantly trying to pronounce words the same way as Chris Scopo, almost as if they're in some sort of secret competition here. But Joe, I have to ask this voicemail format. If you're going to do voicemails on the show, why bring in comedians to do some sort of back and forth? If you're not even interviewing the comedian, that would be my only question there. Let's continue on with a little more Joe Matarese's podcast. I get it. I'm like, it's because, I mean, you can't, st-
1: that shit it will get you fat in a week. Yeah, but it's yeah. so good, though. It is. It's fucking incredible. Just toast and rega- uh, uh Garlic yeah. bread? Are you garlic bread? I like garlic bread, but yeah. I don't
3: seem to ever make it. I guess I'm lazy. Mm. He hates okay. me. Okay. Now. No, he no, no, he it's it. He's like, no. It's great. No. Well, that's great. A lot of talk about food on this week's episode, which is kind of interesting. Again, avoiding the voicemails here. So we're going to jump about 20 minutes in now and see if we get to a second voicemail. Of course, it's a very voicemail-centric 40-minute show today.
1: And he's like, uh, I'm going to get so getting... I, if that's a problem. Then...
3: Perfect. So we're getting about 20 minutes into the show now, and we're going to get into our second voicemail for Joe Matarisa's podcast, The Voicemail Show. Going there. They lost my luggage for a week,
1: and I had to wear this guy's clothes. Oh, my God. All the God. shorts were really short. It's fucking
4: hilarious. He's probably like Joe,
3: you look so good. Do
4: I have to edit this so the podcast now? No, but we got a great lead
3: in for the next one. If you Great want. producing. You know, his lead in. Jerry, you should probably take a note out of this. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Joe Matt might have some bits we could share back and forth, but you really need to take some We got here the next
2: call. What do we got? We got uh, our buddy. This is from uh, Anthony.
3: Can you imagine if I had a, a podcast? If Anthony, I had a producer me sending me the so
2: voicemails? I'm doing so much on so my end. He has an, a question for you. Here we go, Anthony. Let's hear it. Here we go. It's coming now.
0: Chris, this is from Anthony Santino, fellow comic. Anyway, let's get right to... Wow, a
3: fellow comic um, voicemail. That's exciting. What
0: is the weirdest encounter you've had with a comedy club owner? They can be great, they can be awful, they can be everything in between. I'm just curious if you've had any weird random experiences with comedy club owners that you haven't talked about too much that maybe you'd want to share here. So that's...
3: that would be a fascinating story to talk about if he has any bad experiences with a comedy club owner now when i hear that a comedian is calling into the show of course i expect a fun joke but a a provoking question like that is just as good i wonder what joe matterese might have to add that's uh what did he say at the end you you may or may not have talked about already Uh, oh it's so funny no worries
1: there joe matterese doesn't talk about anything interesting 56 now did you run into any
4: <laughs> I have 17,000 stories right now. That's that's 30 podcasts. Yeah, you could do a couple, probably a whole podcast on just dickhead comedy. Right, on I'd love you. to yeah, hear it.
1: It's like I got to sit here and go, "Well, which one do I not care if they never hire me again?" Well, you got the co- And guy there and... are a lot of those cuz these in incidents, they don't they don't use me anymore cuz of these incidents. I used to lose my shit all the time
3: for like no, the first you. 20 years of comedy if someone wasn't paying now this is what we need i need a you know on david collins 30 minute and a half hour show we have a friend of the show brody Toopy. he calls in does a segment what's pissing me off this week i'd love to see an hour of what's pissing off joe matter that would be exciting and attention or if someone heckled me I would verbally shit on them so hard. So we're going to skip a little bit ahead here. What he's really doing for the next two minutes is actually avoiding the question, unfortunately. He doesn't want to get into a story. Now, what's exciting about this segment here is that this voicemail that he answered at about 20 minutes in, they're going to talk about for about 10 minutes until finally answering the question. Still exist in comedy where it's like they don't even know how to book
1: something that isn't shitty.
3: Here we go. And a couple minutes into that voicemail, Joe Mattaris finally picks a target. I'm being
1: heckled by fuck. This is one I hate the guy so much. I would say his name on my podcast. Let's do it. Um. Brad Axelrod Brad Axelrod sure so we're name, name. Now, we're name dropping now we're going to get into a little guy. controversy he be like kind of fake nice so I thought he was nice for a while and then towards the end of you know I've worked for him for fucking 15 20 years he always booked shitty gigs in Connecticut if it was a Axelrod you know these bookers they still exist in comedy where it's like they don't even
3: know Again, we're going to get into some vague talk here. I think if we get into this Brad Axelrod story about 28 minutes in, let's jump to 28 minutes.
1: Gym bags right next. This is here. a
3: guy that does not like hecklers. Why don't I we jump to, back to the beginning of the story here? Booked but by Brad Axelrod. I just
1: say like a couple of things off the cuff about. Very
3: us. nice guy, by the way. Well, Brad Axelrod. You know, you know we can. Who have... You thinking that everyone? Let's pause this story for Joe Matarese here. Why don't we just take a quick Brad Axelrod club owner? I think we've googled that before, and all we get here, we get. Recently sold to John Tobin Presents. Let's take a quick look here. Brad Axelrod, very successful 36 year comedy career. As funny as four franchise years. I love doing these things, says Brad Axelrod. It's so much more fun dealing with people that have a cause. Brad Axelrod seems to be known. I did a little research. You can see we Googled it before. He's known around his community as a nice, warm gentleman. It's too bad that Matt Reese has such a bad story about him, but seems like a nice guy by all my research. No one's going to laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, look at his fucking backdrop. What the fuck?
1: Off-track betting. That's the worst. Right? You get nothing. No, Not only did I get nothing, this lady in the back just goes, you're a fucking asshole. oh That's what she says. I go, what? She goes, you're a fucking asshole. And I had never done this on stage. I didn't even slam her back. I had it was a, I had a microphone in my hand. I grabbed the mic stand. I put the mic back in the stand <laughs> quietly. My bag, my gym bag's right next to me, backpack. I just go. I don't even say goodnight. Silently leave. <laughs> right, Brad Axelrod's walking right at me. Right, like Brad
3: Axelrod's I, I, coming. I What's gonna happen next? Out.
1: This was such a great. It could have been in a movie. And I always tell comics when I tell this story. I should have said this because this is what came on the tip of my tongue, and I was a, I didn't say it. Cause
3: I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. He tells this story often to other comics. It's just not a very exciting story, if you ask me. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe we have a great God, climactic a ending. Great, it coming. Could have been in a movie. Could have and been I in tell a
1: movie. Comics. When I tell this story, I should have said this because this is what came on the tip of my tongue, and I was a, I didn't say it because I pussied out. I almost said six hundred bucks. I'm still up on stage. <laughs> been good. Motherfucker, right? And I just fucking left. He didn't even call me on the phone, nothing. Right. I, remember I still see the same therapist. It was one of those rare moments where. All right.
3: And the therapist congratulates him. But really, it's a story of him walking off stage and the club owner walking by him, obviously to the stage to address the audience, and no words being spoken back and forth. So I'm not really sure. It's not the most exciting story. I'd be surprised that he's telling that to other comedians in the business there. But an odd story about. This poor Axelrod fella. Where I told my therapist, he's like... I mean, can you imagine booking a comedian, one heckler in the back, and he immediately puts the money... How long have you been doing comedy? Gave me like a Rudy clap. He's like, dude, you're making... No more.
1: Good for you. no more. I go, why should I stand there? And I go, I let him keep the 500. I didn't even get paid, and I felt incredible. Good for you. I just bailed. So you can do that. You don't need to fucking stand there. If it's
3: 3000 bucks. Hey, what do you think Chris Scopo's thinking right now? He must be thinking the same thing that he said on the first episode that he was on. Too long to be here. What a terrible story. Oh, we should play a fun game. What would you have said to that heckler in the back? What did she even say? Not only did I get nothing, this lady in the back just goes,
1: You're a fucking asshole. That's what she says. I go, what?
3: Well, I would have said, "Lady, you're in the back. What does that make you?" <laughs> you know, you got to work with it. You're you're struggling out there. You got to work with the thing. But he goes out and puts the microphone in anyway. That was some Joe Maderese. We have a third voicemail on this voicemail-filled episode. Comes about thirty minutes in. What an answer, boy! If you would have asked that question about club owners, though, you really got your money's worth.
4: To bug you guys and be like, "No, you're wrong. Yeah. This is illegal." It's like it's a horrible and play sports. You-
3: and Ron. Is Ron there asking a question? Let's see. Is Ron there asking a question? Let's take a look. Time, that time of year again, time to think about holiday movies. Holiday movies, movies, always a great voicemail. When it comes around this year between Thanksgiving, Christmas,
2: and New Year's, I think about Kramer vs. Kramer, great Christmas office party there where he gets a job and he uh, kisses a girl.
3: Uh, also, 29th Street, great movie. Uh... Right. Aiello, man. He's the best. Anyways, what movies are you thinking about? Maybe unconventional movies that uh, people don't always think about this time of year just... Oh, unconventional movies? Well, the uh, second Back to the Future is a great Christmas movie, not a lot of people think about. My favorite Christmas movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Not really sure though, not the best voicemails. The more I listen to the Joe Matterie show, the more I'm thankful for a great audience like some of you guys that listen to David Collins' thirty minute and a half hour show. We get the best voicemails on our show. So a forty minute show, voicemail packed, three voicemails. It's an interesting show. I recommend anybody checks out that Joe Matterese show. Before we jump over and see Chris Scopo and David Collins 30 minutes, half hour show talking about Joe Matterese, why don't we take another listen to this great intro? Mm-hmm. All right. That's perfect. I'm a big fan of that intro. I might have to. Maybe I can buy it from him. Do you think that we could work that out? Anyway, we'll jump over. There's a couple. You know, YouTube has this great search search function. I'm not sure if a lot of you are out there using it. What you can do these days is you can go down to any video practically and you can click show transcript. We've had to do no additional work to do this, but we're going to bring into Joe Matarese. Let's get the first mention of joe madderis red eye the johnny rogers show the joe madderis podcast you know what dude podcast i thought that was very interesting of course at this point we're just talking about chris scopo's credits and introducing him to the show but he does make a fun face when we bring up joe madderis the johnny rogers show the joe madderis podcast you know what dude podcast the sweet buddies Everybody saw that. It is a little strange, so something's got him about that Joe Mattaris. I wonder how he exited that podcast, but we get another quick question about him, because I wanted to ask, how does it feel to work with such a great comedian, a well-respected, well-known comedian like Joe Mattaris? Can of get some insight there? Because you worked with professional comedian Joe Mattaris. We saw this. He's a this household very name. Exciting. Joe Mattaris, a household name. Many of people will know that from, I believe it's season nine of America's Got Talent. And that's where a lot of people know him from, of course, but he's gone on to work with many different, I can't think of any on the top right now, but he's gone on to work with other you know, mainstream. And I must say this at nauseum, I, I must say this every day, you know, I can't think of it right now. If you asked me earlier, I would have been able to think of it. And that was exactly the thing. I feel the same way right now, honestly. But, you know, at that moment, I had done some research. I was all prepared and must, I must say that at nauseum. Broadcasting centers also. How is that to work with such a professional comedian, Joe Mattarese? Good guy, you know. He's not great with on time, but he's a good guy. Is that right? Is he a little delayed? Do you think that's something? Because this is, you know, this might be, we continue to ask him. I wanted to talk him, talk to him about being an Italian-American comedian, but he's working with this Joe Mattaris, and I think that's what inspired a lot of that thought. That's all we're kind of where we're right. getting so many notes about being an Italian-American comedian, because you're working with him, and together in the same room, it's two Italian-Americans, and he's somebody that writes so much material kind of surrounding his heritage there.
4: Uh, yeah, well, you know, you got to go with what works. I guess that's it.
3: Where does he think of you? Because that's a great idea. You You got to go with what works. And that's what I found interesting about that. He didn't want to say great things about Joe Mattaris's career or how funny he is. He seemed to almost belittle his way of making the crowd laugh. So I did find that interesting. And I think that's going to do it for our coverage of Joe Matarise. Unfortunately, we didn't get that nice voicemail that I was looking forward to. We did get a chance to talk with Chris Scopo and David Collins, 30 minute half hour show, and ask him a little bit about being a guest on that show. And of course, what a great podcast! I hope you all check that out. They did. And that was another one I didn't note it here, and I knew hopefully we were running into it. But Joe Matarise does some great impressions too that you can run into, like the next person that we're going to be talking about today. That's not exactly right. I'm not sure how this is going to be all structured at the end here. We're actually doing this much out of order. But that's Jill Matarise. That's perfect. So next we're going to be talking about Tom Myers. This was the most interesting one that I had to follow this week. He ends up has a, I expected, a much more comedy-focused show. Turns out, a very political show. And he has the most guests of any show that we're going to be covering on the show today. We've pulled many clips from his podcast, and then we're going to be finishing off with a game with one of the guests on his podcast. It's going to be a finish the punchline. So really looking forward to it. All right. Who are we covering next? Tom Myers. Perfect. Tom Myers. And I've really been looking forward to this, too. Tom Myers is somebody that we tried to reach out to and get on the show. David Collins, 30 minute, half hour show. He replied. In fact, we can go ahead and just show those DMs, I think. Perfect. So we have these DMs. Of course, I reached out to Tom Myers, hoping that he could be a guest on the show. He responds, Hi, David. I don't handle my own bookings. Uh Uh-oh. Please contact my agent, Lisa Rastow. Now, he gave some contact information there. We did a little digging. Now, we have not confirmed this, but we do have it on YouTube. Good authority. Apparently, if you reach out to Miss Lisa, it's actually just a Tom Myers email address he uses all himself. So might actually have a fake Booker. Very interesting way to do things. Unfortunately, we have not been able to get him on the show at this point, which gives me even more reason to talk about him on the Blind Mike Project. He has a very interesting podcast that I'm looking forward. We're going to go through some clips of that. We're also going to be finishing this segment with a fun game. But actually, this just came up. Jerry was looking at this video and he sent it to me because we were looking at his IMDb and we wanted to play some clips from his acting career. And you have to wonder, how does he get a career like that? How does he get some of these roles? Well, apparently he's got this fancy acting reel. So we thought before we started our planned segment of Tom Myers today, we'll take a quick look at this interesting acting reel. Now, one thing that I, I realized very quickly about Tom Myers, very talented man. But it always surprises me that so many comedians, as funny as they might be, still want to have a career in drama. Let's take a quick listen and look at Tom Myers' acting reel. Back when he was a young buck.
6: I can't take this anymore. I can't. These voices
4: are ruining my life! Ooh. It does seem to be getting worse. James, have you ever considered that maybe the voices are...
3: Now this is somebody, you know, you say when you watch a movie, sometimes you can't see past the character. You say, I only know him from one role in particular. Calling this guy James does not seem right. A real Tom to me. Have you ever
6: considered killing yourself? That was my life before I met Dr. Hawker.
3: These are interesting. I have a case for you. So he's a detective. It looks this like What's is going on o- here.
6: This was my daughter, Lilia. She was murdered. Wow! Somebody killed my little girl, and and the police just gave up after three months. You just
1: want me to find out who did it.
6: So I can kill the bastard myself.
3: Wow, can I'll you imagine Tom Myers murdering a man? Not that's just a little of Tom Myers' acting reel there. You say what you will about Tom Myers, a lot of people like to give him some guff. At least we know Tom Myers. These other people in these acting reels, apparently not the best career. But we have a lot that we want to talk about with Tom Myers and his podcast today. Can't recommend that acting reel enough, though. Right. So some of these don't look noted very well, but we do have some interesting things to talk about with this podcast. The first thing you notice, and I think that's going to be one of our clips here, a thousand guests in every one of these episodes. The first episode that we're going to be listening to here is has very little of guest interaction. Actually, it's Tom Myers basically doing all of the talking. So what we're listening, and he's going to introduce it at the start here, it seems like it's a best of that he's releasing this December, so it's been interesting to keep up with his best of here. Unlike Jim Norton's, or Whitney Cummings, or some of the things that we've already looked at, a lot more production value in Tom Meyer's show. We're going to talk a little about Joe Mattaris. I've been singing Joe, Joe Mattaris Show all week, so that's a real great intro that I'm excited to talk about later. So let's take a little listen to Tom Myers' intro. Something you can really clap along to. I like words a little more. I like something you can sing along to, but still a great intro, not three best of
6: and unheard bits so this is part three of his best of and unheard bits you will hear some of our favorite moments plus some bits that didn't quite make the initial airings joining me tonight are jeff heisen gina brown polite kitty chip jones ward morrow
3: joshua postel al casalia and nicole blessing and that's the first thing that i noticed about this show a lot of guests so i'm not exactly sure the format Let's keep listening. What's our first time standing
6: here, Jerry? Since the previous...
3: Presumably because... So after the production value, the second thing that you're going to notice, Tom Myers, comedian, running a political show. That's not uncommon for a comedian to talk about politics, of course, but this is almost a full show getting you caught up on the news, so it's kind of interesting to hear. We've heard how many people were on this podcast already. So many people... <laughs>
6: A lot has been happening, literally right before we started recording. Kevin McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House uh, in a floor vote. Uh, of course, we don't know what's going to happen by the time uh, this episode does drop. So, uh, to cover all contingencies, this must not be our first clip, Jerry. I want to thank.
3: So many people, though. One thing you'll want to listen to are the laughs following his jokes. We have a great joke here. Here are some opening jokes starting at three minutes.
6: Thank you for tuning in and missing the 38th floor vote for Speaker of the House. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations, Speaker Matt Gates. Oh, Congratulations, Speaker Lauren Boebert.
7: <laughs>
6: Congratulations, Speaker the Corpse of Rush Limbaugh.
3: i think that covers everything so he has like we've already talked about about 15 guests behind him just this one person laughing if i was tom i'd say could you could you please stop it's very distracting i'm trying to tell jokes hopefully we get into a couple of these jokes here we have another timestamp here for another lone laugher (laughs) let's keep listening i want to hear the rest of this punchline why don't we start this over
6: speaker the corpse of rush limbaugh (laughs) (laughs) I think that covers everything. <laughs> this is known as a, as a historic uh, motion. It's and like he has a McDonald's mascot as a never guest. never ousted a Speaker of the House before. It's also historic in another way, in that this is the first time that Matt Gates has been obsessed with someone over the age of 18.
7: <laughs>
6: Donald Trump was in a New York City court on was Monday he? for his fraud trial there. Some commentators said, they felt bad for his lawyers who looked pained at being in that court with him. <laughs> Considering all of his legal woes, there is one person I'll feel bad for. The guy who has to do the cavity search on Trump when he goes to prison.
3: <laughs> and- so a lot of these political type jokes there. I'm not sure. Again, these people laugh at the. I wonder if there's a delay or something. I know he does a Zoom show. Why don't we jump to this next clip here, so we have a lone laugher I wanted to cover what What was this lone laugher that we're covering here?:
6: They ran an actual Biden Harris campaign ad on Fox, an ad that wasn't produced by the Babylon bee mm. that's how desperate they are.
3: <laughs> I can't tell you that's an impressive get I've, I've, you know we've talked about it on a couple of shows that I've done recently. Of course, I do do a little stand-up comedy myself. I've never gotten a hmm from a joke very impressive
6: uh, the Fox commentators said that uh, Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy were expected to be the targets of the debate so it's a normal Republican event everyone ganging up on the non-white people <laughs> <laughs> a lot's happened this
3: I love these lone laughers here but again this was a show that he barely had any guests participating other than those strange laughs here so That's about five minutes into the show. Coming in at nine minutes here, we have a note that apparently this audience has gotten a little tired of the jokes.
6: Kevin McCarthy announced he will not play a role in the speaker vote. That makes sense, as that's like having O.J. Simpson as a marriage counselor.
3: And this... Right, and Tom Myers has to kind of fill in the laugh for himself. I think that audience gets a little exhausted. Now, of course, he does something similar that we do on David Collins' 30-minute a half-hour show, World News with David Collins. And we like to tell the story and maybe include a little joke at the end to make sure that everybody's keeping up and keep everybody entertained. Never would I create a World News joke or allow anybody on our writing staff to bring in a World News joke that takes three minutes long. I'm not sure if we're going to play this full clip. Maybe we'll just skip around a little bit to demonstrate how long it is. But we have noted here one of the longest setups for a joke that I think either Jerry or I have ever heard. All right, here comes so the joke.
7: <laughs> yeah.
3: To say the Republicans were dismayed
6: at their low number of wins and the absence of a red wave is an understatement, as we can see in this clip from MSNBC's midterm election coverage
8: garrett hake um nbc news reporter par excellence decided
3: now one thing and maybe this is more of a personal spend... take here if i was telling a joke i don't think i would ever set it up and then send it to an msnbc news anchor but that might just be like i said a personal taste
8: this evening at the watch party at kevin mccarthy
7: headquarters <laughs> kevin
8: McCarthy
3: headquarters watch party so the reason why i stop and we're going to jump ahead i apologize this joke is very hard to keep track of but we're going to note here at 13.20, we'll go ahead and go to 14 minutes.
7: Burger race
8: did not go their way. Because it says right behind that podium, take, take back the house. Is it painted or projected? Because if it was projected, they could just turn off the projector.
3: <laughs> now, we have certainly jumped to clips in order to set up a joke on our show before. Nothing bordering on 90 seconds long before this great painted, punchline. going to have to put up a tarp it is a screen it is uh it is projected so we could put anything on it
6: i wonder if one of the things that didn't happen at that watch party was everyone there just putting kevin mccarthy on the stage and projecting that take back the house thing on his backside after giving him a wedgie (laughs) i wonder if that was i wonder if that was part of the.
3: one thing about tom myers though always has a great tag for his material must have been worth the wait there and he's the professional so, maybe it was a better joke. I'm giving him maybe too much of a hard time there. Boy, what a long setup, though. That's perfect. So, the next thing that we wanted to clip here, or talk, the next clip that we wanted to talk about, are these guests. Now, this is a show where they did not get that much airtime, a lot of Tom. You might call it Tom time. But, towards the end here, he does have one guest that speaks for a good amount of time. I We have noted here, and I'm, this is a... this is. Great articulate guests, terrible take, genius guests. I'm not sure what that means, but let's take a little listen here. You know, I didn't do all the noting for this, but I'm glad that my team did such a good job for me. Let's listen to these great guests' great takes. don't have I'll get emotional written in my notes the song gets me every time
6: what you don't see at the end of that video is he had to rush to get to the podium because he was about to orgasm after hearing that song
9: (laughs) so so gross he's like the anti the irony is he's like the anti-american patriot like just from businesses abroad to, like, not serving. not. I mean, he's the the opposite.
0: Right, his companies, even before he ran to run for office, were making clothes in China.
2: Well, and and then when he tells General Kelly at Arlington Cemetery about his, about General Kelly's son, that, oh, you know, they're all suckers, and what was in it for them? I mean, and then he's proud to be an American? Well, you know?
3: I think an awful lot of people in Arlington are turning over in their graves. Well, I'm not really sure what that last guy was referencing, but boy, aren't those smart, articulate guests that he has on his show. It's too bad that he didn't give them more opportunity to speak. I guess the last thing that we wanted to talk about, about episode 82 here, this is from the beginning of December, is a strange, abrupt end. ...to a postel, Al Cassellia. And Nicole more production, too. I can't say enough about the way that this is produced. Brandinger,
6: executive producers, Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation. Matt Connerton. Okay. Maybe Odyssey we'll have to get Matt
3: Connerton on the
6: show. Please leave a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast's Patreon for ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, extended episodes, bonus clips, and more
3: you know maybe maybe it's just lapsed over here but I, i've listened to plenty of his podcasts he says ad free on the patreon maybe maybe we skipped them jerry is that what's going on i believe his show is generally ad free but let's continue a final thought thank you for listening and please visit tommyers.us I think rush limbaugh used to do a final thought is that is that accurate we might have to fact check that if anybody knows if rush limbaugh also did a final thought email me dc30 minute half hour at gmail.com That's... Was that supposed to be my final thoughts on the episode, Jerry? I'm not sure. We're we're having a little difficulty here, but that's perfectly fine. We have another great episode I wanted to get into of Tom Meyer's show. Episode 83. That's perfect. Thank you. Recommended. We're going to be watching a lot of Shark Tank later, too. I'm a big fan of the Shark Tank show. I'm not sure if anybody's heard of this. But episode 83, this was just a week after. This is a week before Christmas, December 14th. Now... You'll hear a lot more of the guests on this show, if I remember correctly. What do we have here? We have a great joke. Well, that's a great way to start this. Why don't we listen to Great Joke? Jeff Heisen, Gina Brown. You know, if we weren't going to be listening to Joe Mattarisa's intro, I think I'd be whistling this the rest of the evening. Let's jump to Great Joke. (laughs) Now that he's speaker? Oh, we have to go to the setup. You know, one thing. We're so focused on the punchlines. I think our timestamps have been mostly on the, on the punchlines themselves and not necessarily the setups.
6: Mike Johnson looks Mike like the Johnson. type of person who would have to show ID before he's allowed at Christmas dinner. <laughs> Mike Johnson is the type of person who, if you took a photo with him, then when you look at the photo, it would be difficult to tell whether it's really Mike Johnson or a cardboard cutout.
7: <laughs>
6: yeah. Now that he's speaker, He's going to have to negotiate things with the White House and with the Senate. He's going to have to negotiate aid for Ukraine and Israel and keep the government from shutting down. He's so conservative. He'll be there with Biden, Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, even Mitch McConnell. They'll be trying to find solutions to these problems. And Mike Johnson will be going, now, before we agree to any terms, let's solve this pressing issue of playing video games on the Lord's Day.
3: Not only a great punchline, but a great impression. And we're not only going to be talking about some Tom Myers impressions here. Is that the only Tom Myers impression that we have noted? We have some great impressions coming up later in the show, too. What a great Tom Myers impression. Famous Tom Myers laugh. We have some great notes here. That was a great joke. Now, when he's doing these Zoom shows, he's not alone. He's not just selling his jokes to the audience listening at home. He's also selling his jokes to people in the room, the virtual room, with him. And what a great audience that he gets. Like I said, we're going to be hearing a little more of the guests on this episode. Let's jump to about 19, 945 here and hear this great audience reception.
0: So the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence, or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week. Uh, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. They're fighting potentially... Iran. And when they have people saying the wrong things, everything they say is being digested by these people because right. they're vicious and they're smart. And boy, are they vicious because nobody's ever seen the kind of sight that we've seen. I should get nobody's this guy on the show. But they cannot play games. So we were disappointed by that. Very disappointed. But we did the job ourselves, and it was absolute precision, magnificent, beautiful job. And then, uh, B.B. tried to take credit for it. That wasn't good. That didn't make me feel too good, but that's all right. So they got to strengthen themselves up. I like how in
6: the first clip, you know, Trump made that Sleepy Joe moniker. And then, Mm. ironically enough, in the next clip, he's the one who sounds like he's stating (laughs) off death, like he's trying to put off a loan payment. With (laughs) all
10: MAGA people,
8: anything they say about anyone else is always projection of what and who they
2: are always you can take it it could change with the wind
3: you know it's like now i thought that was a great joke what i don't like in this zoom call is all the hecklers these trump these these clips that he's playing before the show too they go on for so long it would be nice you know it's interesting how many people are able to just do a show where they play a clip and just talk about it afterwards what's our next clip here Right. So here's noted. A lot more guests are talking on this uh, this week's episode of Tom Myers versus the world. Administration.
6: I did have a little fun. And for once, you actually got back. to the way, I I can't wait for Plitifact. tomorrow. going to be some
4: fun. PolitiFact? fact. Why don't I, you go I, to the Washington Post fact checker? Right, it's such a political show, Jerry. Your <laughs> I don't right. know any of
3: these voices. I mean,
6: I think like the Democrats can really use more people like Gavin Newsom because he he, he goes on like shows uh, on Fox and has even opened up an account on Truth Social. That was Donald Trump's answer to Twitter. He has an account on there and he just trolls all of the. Posts on the on that site, and like he's not afraid to. He's not afraid to uh, step into the lion's den. Right, says I, I mean, in my own safe corner here. On
3: you know, I don't want to be uh, a little wordy, if you ask me. Although, who am I to be giving any advice to Tom Myers?
0: Zoom. Well, we you have do have to push back, uh, and uh, yeah, we we definitely as. Uh, Dem- here are the great guests the throwing their
3: hat in have, the ring.
0: We have, um, yeah, I, you know I I. I agree with the when they go low, we go high. But you know what, if you if you really want to get into the trenches, you really have to push back at these at these uh, at what the right is saying.
3: Right. Uh,
0: I personally uh, started a and Tom, you know this. I started the um, expel. well, I think we could just
3: move on from that clip. You get the gist. These are very articulate, well-spoken guests. And finally, we have another joke here. We're going to skip right to the middle of the podcast, it looks like, because we want to hear a little bit of that famous Tom Myers laugh that we love to hear so much. <gasps> We're going to be hearing more of that famous Tom Myers laugh here when we get to our game. I'm very very much looking forward to that.
10: Yeah. That's what it is. Actually, give me thirty seconds.
6: Oh, oh no!
5: <laughs> I hope she's getting the book.
6: <laughs> if not, I will be very, very upset that this is an audio-only podcast.
3: They passed that book, and that's too bad. I'm already upset that it is an audio-only podcast. Luckily, we'll get a little video with our fun game. Coming towards the end of the show, but what a great laugh that Tom Myers guy has. Uh oh, this gets a little edgy. So we have our next note here, our next timestamp. They actually get into a little rape talk, which I thought was way out of way out of bounds for a podcast like this. But let's see if we can if we can tackle these subjects lightly.
7: Don't have an
8: extra drink. Don't go to here. Don't wear this. Don't do this. On, and I, I've seen a um, a meme before where it comes up and says here's the easiest way to solve rape men don't rape anyone I have to
3: go back a little bit
8: you
7: know
3: and who's making these decisions but this woman gets on this long-winded story here Tom Myers not not one to really what do they call it guiding the ship be, I wonder if Tom Myers clearly does no no background in broadcasting
0: I'll say that much Judge, judging what a 16-year-old's wearing I
10: it I had a group of middle school girls um before who they were upset about a dress code. Okay. That the principal of that school was trying to enforce, and the dress code the principal was enforcing was was not consistent with what the student handbook laid out. The Why don't we role play a
3: little? Friday let's Bay say if, let's say I'm Tom Myers and I'm hosting the show here. Maybe we ask a reinforcing question. So what was the school code?
10: Like it can't be distracting or like dangerous or
3: okay. Well, what? How do you describe? How do you or hateful? Well how do you think you might define distracting would wearing would a would a teenage boy be distracted by people wearing provocative clothing that might be the answer to the question here i think i'm kind of jumping the point all i'm saying is that as a host you might want to you might want to give the the devil's side of the argument is that what they say
10: uh so i can't have swastika or alcohol or both um
3: Oh, well, swastika like would certainly against, be like, distracting
10: and short shorts. And that's what this principal was um, trying right. to enforce in the school where it was not consistent with the dress code. And so um, the girls wanted me to like sign a petition about it. And I was like, oh, well, hold on. What am I agreeing to by signing? And they were like, oh, good question. I was like, okay, well, I can't quite like walk out. And, she should be uh,
3: hosting the show.
10: Like, I, I'm I'm a Maryland teacher. I we don't have a right to.
3: Oh, she doxxed um, herself.
10: Y- you do your thing though but i do have you tried talking to him about it like maybe you could just like try first just see if they're in a good mood um and plus
6: you've got you've gotten into a sling with administration before
3: So anybody lost as as lost as i was the first two times listening to this woman go on she is telling a story where she's a teacher there are students that are being addressed for their provocative clothing she the students are staging a walkout and she is somewhat encouraging it but still trying to keep some neutrality that's basically the crux of the story there now how fast did i get that story across jerry pretty quickly Really not
10: looking to do that. it's a short
3: story oh this was
10: before my sling actually it might have been the beginning of my sling but okay but really like because of this talk i had with these kids the administration knew the walkout was coming instead of it just being right it wasn't my idea
3: so Um, it's unclear if she ratted the students out then because she's apparently the only one in the story it's not even important i am a little i'm a little dug deep into this i'm kind of engaged with i want to know what happens at the end but i do i do i do see oh this is a bit trivial
10: um they told me they were going to do it and i was like well looking at the handbook it looks like you're right about the dress code it's not consistent um like i can read that and see that you're right about that
3: and as a host and you might talk you about maybe right consistent there's something to be as talking about as a person
10: about. i'm suggesting that you talk to them first because i think it'll go better for you if you if you like go in soft and you try to read
3: you know at this point we're listening to tom meyer's show i don't even know this woman's name she's completely hijacked the show
10: and with them first then if they don't meet your demands um you it says right here you have this right to do this i'm not going to stand in your way um, and then I even told them, I was like, and also, you can take that thing I just said, and you...
3: And she gives space. She's ready to end the story. Nobody is picking up the... picking. They're all enthralled by the story, waiting for the say, end. say,
10: get out of here. I'm going to walk out right now. You have a right to do that. Um, that's just my human-to-human advice. And they, they did. They talked to the administrators. And what they reported back to me that they got told was an administrator said to them let me put the reason for the dress code like this you can't expect a bear and a salmon to work in the same office and for the bear to not be tempted to eat the salmon
3: right what so can jerry could we could we edit in that uh that uh that gif of the of the people reacting excited that somebody had just I think that's a great that's a great line. I wouldn't imagine HR must be having a field day in that school, but...
7: The fact,
6: the, that he used the, the fact that he used a fish metaphor just makes it all the more creepy.
10: The I fact mean... that he quoted late comedian Patrice O'Neill. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Was Patrice he's pregnant? And the, that the... was the quote.
1: So he's blaming the salmon for the bear's behavior.
10: Maybe we should do something about the bears. I don't know. Like... <laughs>
3: Well, you heard it here. She thinks that we should kill all the bears. So it was a little strange. I'm not sure. Is that is that... That might get... That, they would get her in trouble. That's very homophobic.
6: Or just pick a better comedian to quote. Right. <laughs> plenty others.
3: Right. So I guess our timestamp is... But they were getting into some odd rape talk, and that's how the subject came up. So it does get a little edgy on this show. And then they start making, f- making jokes about a, a dead pregnant man. It's very strange. That was... Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Wow, he already took on the world, huh? While we're talking about Tom Myers, we have a fun game that we're really looking forward to producing and, and showing you guys today. It's a fun Finish the Punchline. Now, I know I understand many of you may not watch David Collins' 30-minute, half-hour show yet, but it is a fun show where we like to play games with our guests. One of those games occasionally is Finish the Punchline. Tom Myers has a lot of friends, on this show, one of them we're gonna be getting into right now. What's her name? Is Kristen Woodhall or something like that? Kirsten Whittle? It was. We get a drum roll. We're gonna be. Jerry's oh, yeah, gonna be working show, all ways? night. Christine Knowlton. Now this is round one of our finish the punchline with Christine Knowlton. But let's get a little acquainted with who she is.
6: Ladies and gentlemen. Start the applause, show some love for the one, the only, Christine Nolta! Yeah! Ooh.
3: Now one thing you'll notice about this woman, because we're going to be playing a couple rounds of this show, in this other clip, and every time you see her, she looks completely different. So it, it, this is a fun look for her, a fun maybe Wizard of Oz inspired. I'm not sure what's going on here, but it's it's fun to see. Let's continue to look. Yeah!
9: Hey, thank you, so excited anyway
3: <laughs> now she's a little quiet for some reason so you'll have to bear with us some old jokes
9: back and some new jokes all at the same time
3: i thought we'd just little play a little bit we'd let let her introduce herself you'll get a little fun feel for her type of sense of humor and then we'll start, and I'll, I'll make sure to give everybody a warning, and we'll start with uh, with start with Finish the Punchline here, a little bit into her set. And we won't listen to so much of her the second time around, but I just wanted to make sure everybody is up to date on this great Christine Knowlton. We'll have to check if she tours or anything. I'd love to see her live.
9: If you've heard these jokes three years ago, you're going to hear them again tonight. Also, the song at the end of this is actually 10 years old, so woo!
3: Damn! Woo! All right,
9: I've been doing that wow. before comedy. Holy crap
3: before comedy. But, uh, well, I hope it's a comedy related song.
9: very important question. And this might
3: Boy, be that to Tom be Myers laugh never stops. Night.
9: Is there anyone here with it's an uncircumcised, an uncircumcised penis?
3: Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trampling oh, over this young woman's material.
9: Important question of the night. Is there anyone here with an uncircumcised penis?
3: Uncircumcised penis. Yes. yes. Oh yes! <laughs> All right, she's no. clapping. I wonder if that's part you had of it. the
9: joke. I knew you
7: had. <laughs> can,
3: Mommy, you, no, wait! What? Uh.
9: <laughs> Uncircumcised penises are so great. I mean, they come with their own little sleeping bag, and they're just so snuggly. And you know, ah, uh, oh my God! have you ever tried to jack one of those things off? Right? I mean, you just keep pumping and pumping and pumping. Wow. It's like waiting for the groundhog to come out on Groundhog's Day. Right?
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like waiting for the groundhog to come out on Groundhog's Day. All right, I think we're coming up to our joke here, but everybody's getting... She really loves... She's a lot like Tom Myers. I think they come from the same school of comedy where they love to add these extra tags to things, and I love a good tag. Identity crisis. That's our key word here. We're going to be we're about to get to our round of Finish the Punchline. <laughs>
9: yeah. And if that bitch is big enough, it's going to see its own shadow. Am I right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to be walking funny in the morning. I really hope that there's only a few more weeks of winter. <laughs> but anyway, back to the pumping, right? It's like, finally, it's like you're pumping, pumping, pumping. He finally gets his little head out, and he looks like Uncle Fester. Woo! Yeah!
3: <laughs> oh, that's a good timely joke, Uncle Fester. Well, that, is that the song she wrote 10 years ago? i ah.
9: expecting more here at hey. the wrong show.
3: <laughs> we are at the right show, Christine. Don't worry. Actually, that
9: note, the note for that joke is uncircumcised groundhog. <laughs> <laughs>
7: well,
3: that certainly makes sense.
1: Oh.
9: So I'm definitely going through one of those identity crises, right? It's like, I can't be going through, like, early menopause or something simple like a normal goddamn person. Right? I'm either a chicken, I'm either clucking away, or I'm a goddamn cat, all right? Let me explain. Okay, my last improv show, I played and sang like a cat, all right? Again, I'm either a cat or a chicken. Some, some people in some cultures would say they taste the same.
3: Let me explain. Some cultures might say they taste the same. Blank. Christine Knowlton finish the punchline. Other cultures must say they taste the same. Blank. Is it A? But I like to say, I'm a much more chicken. Is it B? So I guess that makes me the other white meat. Is it C? I say, as long as it doesn't taste like an uncircumcised penis. Or is it D? The difference is, the cat can taste both. Those are all great punchlines. If you ask me, what do you think that punchline might be? Give yourself a little bit here. Let's jump back into that setup.
9: Damn cat. All right. Let me explain. Okay. My last improv show, I played and sang like a cat. All right. Again, I'm either cat or chicken. Some some people in some cultures would say they taste the same. So I guess that makes me the other white meat.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) That was B. So I guess that makes me the other white meat. Well, that's a good joke. Why don't we jump to round two? I know everybody wants to finish that. Remember, check out Christine Knowlton's YouTube. You can find her very easily. You search headlines, the Tom Myers, maybe if you leave Tom Myers out there. But Christine Knowlton, you'll find that pretty quickly. We have one more round here of Finish the Punchline to wrap up our Tom Myers segment. Then we're looking forward We're going to be talking about Joe Mattaris next. That's exciting. Big fan of that Joe Mattaris, although I'm a little upset with the guy right now. We'll have to talk about that. Christine Knowlton. I think this. We just start the whole it. thing too. Her sound is much better in this one, fortunately.
6: For your next comic on our virtual stage. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Big round of applause. Show some love for Christine Knowlton. Ooh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, it's great to be here
3: tonight.
9: Boy,
6: well,
3: I hope this fixes oh it. They're only coming off of one ear for some reason. Her audio is much Christine better, but it's only I mono. About myself. <laughs> this i guess time. that makes it stereo huh
9: <laughs> i started the week off by putting on my virtual headset don't do that if you're over fucking 45 <laughs> it's like a hangover without fucking drinking <laughs> i'm not kidding and hey, this woman is killing about all the other stupid shit i did you know like taking a nap and twisting my ankle yeah, that happened. <laughs> You're stuck in that fucking blanket like a burrito. Anything can happen. I <laughs> literally like myself with my own car battery.
3: Right, well, I would never like want her in my character. burrito. It was
9: awesome. <laughs> Gave myself a concussion on my own fucking computer desk. I blanked that one out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
7: oh, what else can
9: I do? Oh, yeah. I did hit a deer with my car. Ironically, it, when it's pitch black at night, I could see a little critter run across the road. Big deer right in the fucking root. Nothing. Nothing. Boom. Smack.
3: <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> yeah. a of
9: calamity. So please, for the love of God, send me some bubble wrap.
3: <laughs> I mean, gosh, she's like Mrs. Magoo. Emphasis on the goo. She's falling all over the place. This is, this is way too much. You know, let's go ahead and jump into that second round to finish the punchline now that we've enjoyed Christine Knowlton here.
9: <laughs> I've only just begun. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, that was corny. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
7: You're right. That crap. was corny.
3: This Nothing else he said, okay, though. So
9: I have balls. I wear them Uh-oh. on my chest. All right. <laughs> well, here,
3: comes the, here okay, comes the so joke. Everybody pay attention. Here comes the joke. Round Let's... two. Finish the punchline. <laughs> <laughs>
9: All right. Enough of that crap. Let's get this thing started. Okay. So I have balls. I wear them on my chest. I call them my chesticles. Uh oh. <laughs> 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 when I was young, I wore a training bra not sure what i wore one for not like they
3: can do circus tricks (laughs) not like they can do circus tricks what does christine knowlton say next is it a but then again neither can a pile of bricks is it b of course we're talking about tits is it c they're not Even that nice to appear on Netflix? Or is it D? Although they would be enough to impress these Zoom comics, A, B, C, or D? Finish the punchline. Not like they can do circus tricks. Let's go back to the beginning of that song and see if you guys can finish the punchline. them my chesticles. Chesticles. what a great <laughs> name for a song.
9: When I was young I wore a training bra. Not sure what I wore one for. <laughs> not like they can do circus tricks. They're not even that nice to appear on Netflix. <laughs> but they're definitely on <laughs> fans. Go check it out. It's Vintage Babe 69
3: vintage babe 69 a lot of cam curls on the show today that was finish the punchline with christine Knowlton. what oh, was that something about being on netflix not even good enough to be on netflix and that was our coverage of tom myers do we have any last notes here note how difficult i'm not sure what that might mean but that was tom myers what's next right well next we're going to be talking about stuttering john I had the opportunity to learn a lot about Stuttering John this week. I hadn't had the opportunity before. It seemed just like another member of Howard Stern's show that had come and gone. Turns out he's been very alive on the internet the last few years with many other shows already covering him. So we had the opportunity to just create a compilation of those shows talking about him so we can just get the quick hits. Perfect. And next we're going to be covering a very popular subject, Stuttering John. Now, I'm not too familiar with this Stuttering John character, really. Uh, I understand that he was a great host of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, I believe, and maybe The Late Show, whichever one it was. And I understand that he was on Howard Stern for many years. Now, we lucked out here. We were going to look at some Stuttering John content, maybe put together a few clips and react to it. But it seems that there are so many shows that already do that. Now, this is already a couple weeks old, But I think the biggest news in the Stuttering John universe actually has to do with him possibly lying about graduating from college at NYU. A very exciting story. Luckily, so many shows have already talked about it. Now, I'm not exactly convinced here. It it is a strange thing to see. I'm not even sure why so many people are following this person that hasn't worked in the industry for quite a long time now. But there is clearly a business behind it. So we're going to take a look at a quick compilation here that Jerry had made. Fortunately, everybody talking about this same subject with the NYU diploma. So let's take a little listen here.
7: (laughs) Now the first thing
3: I notice about these shows, a lot of these people are just making fun of this guy's looks. Now say what you will about this poor stuttering John, not the worst looking guy out there i'd say he really held it together i think he's in his late 60s at this point you know he's he's not looking too bad you should see some of the people that i used to be related to ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey.
0: that's
2: a good one. nice place huh oh what's
0: happening hey oh. hey hit oh. there hey look at that oh he burglar i'm gonna come over there bang my old lady
3: Not only is he a fine-looking guy, clearly has friends visiting him. So I'm not sure why this guy gets so much hate here, but it is interesting. Why don't we take a little deep dive here into this diploma nonsense? One thing, even before all of these shows were recorded, you'll see a timestamp here up there for December 15th. It looks like this was recorded. Even at that point, they've already had an independent, alleged former news investigator confirm through the NYU records that they did not have a graduation from this stuttering John Melendez character. So, although it is just an anonymous tip, it seems that the that the issue has already kind of been solved, even leading up into this investigation.
0: I got it. I pay. We'll go over there. We're gonna. You brother. You know you. Hey,
2: burglar! I'm gonna come in sex in your pool. <laughs> it's like retarded.
3: He's like two. Of course, good to see Cardiff Electric working, although I think that he's doing, he could be doing better projects than reacting to such a former host there. Cardiff Electric, a very talented potato that I had the pleasure of meeting.
2: We parted (laughs) like
3: 15-year-old.
2: Hell! Oh, look at all these idiots.
3: And I was also disappointed to see friend of the show, Anthony Zenhauser, falling into this negativity. Now, stuttering John Melendez, I believe he's actually written for uh, multiple roasts in the past, so he does have some of a comedy writing career. Anthony Zenhauser, also somebody with a comedy writing career that does a lot of works for roasts around the country. So it is only too bad that he was falling into some of some of this mudslinging. Also, speaking of mudslinging, can't wait to talk about somebody else I learned about this week.
2: They're still buying into the they're buying to the truly narrative which
0: is the lamest attempt to try and fucking get viewers to unsync.
2: You mean that all of these things are framed? First, he has to show this off. I don't want My oh, ribbons. no. Look at that.
3: <laughs> are you Look nuts? You gotta be
0: pretty smart.
3: To... So, as Stuttering John is going through, trying to prove to his audience that he did, in fact, graduate from NYU, among all these new assertions and allegations... Is showing other awards that he's gotten over his lifetime of accomplishments now this one that we're seeing the, these people re- reviewing his footage seem to not understand how difficult it is to get a real estate license especially in multiple states this john melendez edward melendez did in fact get his real estate license in the state of california not an unimpressive take. Asian. Real estate That's sales
8: license
7: No, well, oh. <laughs> you yeah. no, no, no. have to be pretty, pretty smart. I agree. You have to be pretty smart.
11: Real estate is what you do when you give up on your dreams. yes <laughs> <That's>, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's fall back on that.
7: <laughs> cool.
3: oh. A real frame give up on your dreams maybe of working a boring nine to five the rest of your life that real estate license have made a lot of people into very rich men store
4: wow Ooh. that's pretty so, cool <laughs> no. all right john's turning into
3: <laughs> now we see bob levy in there too another person when we of course anthony zenhauser there now covered by a poor chatter bob levy I only wanted to mention, we've almost had this opportunity to work with the great Bob Levy at some point. Unfortunately, something came up, and uh, you know, I actually was speaking with one of his producers, and they had told me that Bob Levy is, a, is a, gets a little concerned if somebody might be sharing too much of the spotlight on a stream here, but then I see him on something like this, and he's sharing the spotlight fine. So I do wonder what that reason that I wasn't able to work with him ends up being there. Maybe he'd be a good person to reach out to and get him on David Collins' 30-minute and a half-hour show, though. It's too bad that even him, him, a professional comedian for so many years, is still falling into this negativity, though.
0: I, oh, there's my puffed up hairdo. Mm-hmm. From my like thing. a douche. I think that's Rock a great hairdo. Believe it or not. looks like
3: more like cockslide. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we bleep that, Jerry. I find
0: <laughs> the certificate of obedience that I put through all my other. Degrees, <laughs> diplomas, whatever you call them. Bear He's a joking, certificate right? Gun- certificate <laughs> of
3: obedience. So he has a certificate of obedience for his dog obedience training. That's pretty impressive for a dog named Gunter. Well, great job, Gunter, on that dog obedience training.
2: It's framed. He packed it and sent it to Florida. He literally is proud of this dog obedience. As he should be. What a
9: loser! Didn't that go to the dog? <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's fucking
12: weird. That's very <laughs> weird. That's the weirdest thing so far. Is that he's keeping? Listen, we all love our dogs, but is that right. what you're going to keep as a memento of your dog?
3: Right. How about- I think so. That might be. If I had a nice certificate of obedience training for my late dog, I probably would have kept that also. Yeah. On this note, I do have a little memento here. Of course, my poor dog. We had to. he had a one little too many, too many run-ins with a with a, a pet sitter. Let's say. You know, we did. It didn't end well for my poor little dirk there but i like to keep a momentum too and if you had that obedience training i probably would keep that also i'll say what's more pathetic than keeping an obedience training certificate eight men all talking about it well nine i guess if you count me got a great picture of it yeah. you know
0: all these were bubble wrap
3: well that's a great idea nice.
0: wow. rest in peace gunther yeah oh that's too bad then i find my nassau community college <laughs> degree john e melendez the degree of associate in arts
3: right well that's impressive i didn't know we the stuttering players. john was also an artist oh my- an artist and he should be proud that is a proud face and he should be proud of that degree i should have a. Uh, I i should have grabbed my manhattan state university degree and had it out for this segment. <laughs> he's, uh-huh. he's
2: smug about having a two-year degree from a community college. For <laughs> arts. Arts. <laughs> what,
1: right. general
11: arts.
2: Oh. what an idiot. What an idiot.
4: Look how dainty the motherfucker yeah. is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Then I find and
3: there it is.
0: Community college. Oh, no, we're still oh, on the, the community one. college degree, okay, it looks degree like. Degree associate
3: mm-hmm. in arts. Right. Okay. That's impressive. You, you know what's nice about it. these guys? At least they didn't make fun of the degree. It is an impressive degree. I think those people we were looking at before, a little... Over the shark, you might say.
0: It's the degree of associate in arts.
4: That is the name they gave NYU's office, and they said they have no record of you. John mm-hmm. E. Melendez. This right. Building up to the big reveal. You know, Shuley's
2: been saying it. I was saying it. John did not get a degree from NYU. So then John pulls out. What is an amazing photo Some Now, shot. somebody I will have to, to correct me here.
3: Does. Everybody is only saying that based on the one anonymous source saying that they had actually gone ahead and called the university. But I don't believe any of these people speaking have gone ahead and just phoned the university i might have half a mind to give them a call during the recording in this segment today. Look like maybe NYU produced this. I know they didn't because John didn't graduate. Here's where he pulls out the diploma. Do
0: this, on, I think-
2: Looking forward to it. This is, this is big win. This is his, he's in his glory. Now he's, this is the four touchdowns in one game ah! moment. This is, this is, I got them all. No! I got them all. No, <laughs> here, oh,
3: there it is, New York University John Edward Melendez
2: Hey, look at the official NYU stamp And what is it, let me read it the for you The don't have stamps No, they don't yeah. have stamps, thank no. you It's got the official <laughs> NYU stamp I found it on and Amazon what is it, let me read it for you, shall I?
0: Yeah, what does that it cost? Read <laughs> Honestly, okay. too. Well, you can you can buy a diploma here for I'm saying two fourteen three hundred forty nine. Well, that doesn't prove oh, anything. Somebody me a link on Twitter. Sixty bucks. You can. No, have. Like, well, apparently
3: you can buy diplomas all over. I don't see any evidence that he has gone ahead and purchased the diploma. And in so many of other of these shows, they're criticizing John Melendez for being having spent all of his money after such a great career. He spent all his money. How is he buying degrees? deal.
2: The president, professors, and trustees of New York University to all persons
0: to this writing moment. greeting dun, dun. Be it known that we in he's recognition reading
2: his diploma of word for word as he should
0: of the requisite course of study. I'm not sure why he
2: kept all this. this. He thinks he's announcing the new Pope. Still in the same Frame, gesture, John. Guys, I have to say, my face is hurting from laughing right now. John Show <laughs> has next. never been better. He yeah. is killing it. Right this time. Carl
3: guy, I'll be looking forward to talking about a little bit, though. His face must hurt all the time. He cannot stop laughing. That was the only coverage of stuttering John I wanted to get into this week. Just a quick talk about his degree scandal. We're still waiting for the facts to come out. There, unfortunately, he is teased that he may be done podcasting. Fortunately, though, he has already uh, continued podcasting, so I'm not sure exactly what rumors those were, but that was stuttering John. Next, we have Jim Norton Now Jim Norton had been talked a lot about in comedy circles these days with his new mysterious relationship. So we thought it'd be good to take a look back in the history of that. Look at what's happening now and what we might expect in the future. Perfect. So we're going to get started here. Welcome to the Blind Mike Project. I believe this is our third welcome, but it it deserves a third welcome. Very excited to be here. I understand we're usually recording here in the morning, the Blind Mike Project. I am recording in the evening. So cheers to anybody also watching in the late evening. I have myself a twisted tea here for our first subject. Jerry's gotten me turned on to him recently. They call him getting twisted, I guess. But our first subject today is actually like we've already talked about, Jimmy Norton. Now, he has a new relationship and a new marriage. Actually, not as new as you might think. Apparently, they've been married for over a year now. Interesting thing, I wanted to cover a little bit about what might people might not know about how long this has been going on, where this all started. And then he had gone on him and Nikki, Jim Norton and Nikki, Jim and Nikki went on Whitney Cummings' podcast this week, a comedian Whitney Cummings, and talked a lot about the things that we didn't know about already. They didn't talk about some things that we do know, though, which was interesting. So a few fun facts about this a lot of you might not know. This relationship actually started, well, this relationship actually started in 2016. They met at the first time in 2017 during Jim Norton's European tour. He visited and met in person there. With just a little bit of research, you can find that Nikki Norton is actually an adult actress, an adult film actress. Now I'll be honest, the reason we're doing this section first today is because I find a lot of this subject pretty gross. Not a fan of PDA, and we get a lot of that in this, section, in this segment today. As an adult film actress, Nikki Norton's name was Princess Elena. And I'd be interested, if not, we would get in any trouble here if I showed any pictures here. But why don't we go ahead and just pull up... So we'll pull up right... No way we're going to get any of those images without needing to censor some things, so probably a little too risque there. But she was. She was, in fact, an adult film actress named Princess Elena, and we're going to be using that in the future. Here We have a lot of fact checks we need to catch up on. Why don't we start where everybody first started following this story, their marriage announcement. This is something I'm sure a lot of you had already seen here.
7: i
8: recording. Okay. Just hold around with me for a second.
3: Nick,
12: please. Give me one second.
8: Like, this is literally why women don't get dressed up for their husband. Literally because they don't fucking care. That's not true. Like, ladies, Nick, I like... get it. Men don't fucking care. That's not true. They really don't in the end of the day. That's bullshit. They really don't give a shit. Nick. This is real. I didn't script this video. I know it's not
0: a script.
3: So, already, they seem to be having a rough patch, I'm not exactly sure. Some people have speculated that this is all in an effort to create a reality show. we're gonna look at some of what they consider a reality show and see if that's something you might expect to see on TLC here. So, of course, at first you see this and you think, oh, is he just doing a new character? In fact, you watch some of this and it leaves you wondering, maybe it's just an editing trick and Jim Norton's actually playing Nikki Norton. They
8: don't care. Men Men don't give a fuck.
3: When you see them side by side, though, you very quickly find out they are certainly not the same person, a large size discrepancy there. But Jim Norton went ahead and went on Whitney Cummings podcast this week with Nikki Norton, and they talked about a lot of things that people have been wondering. All right. Whitney Cummings Show with Jim and Nikki Norton. Very exciting. Now, I personally have never watched this podcast. It was very interesting. Whitney Cummings, I've never met as a comedian, so it'd be interesting to catch up on here. I noticed, now I've caught on to a little bit, she has been in the news recently. Apparently, she had a new stand-up special or a new thing coming out there, and she has received some pushback for apparently being what they call transphobic which is a little strange. A lot of people talking about that she's been throwing women under the bus. So it's an interesting time for this interview. Let's jump to our first timestamp here. We have at about a minute and 20 at about a minute and 20 here, they start talking about these not wild going to thumbnails.
13: You. You're not gonna lose custody of your kids. If you go watch it, it's a totally different site. OF.TV slash Whitney. Enjoy that. Now enjoy. Always promoting. I guess that's that's that special that's
3: coming out here.
13: Big news: Jim Norton's married. It's also embarrassed. That's a very
12: embarrassing thumbnail.
3: And marriage is always a good news. You know, I don't want to disparage that at all. But of course, it is a little strange. Now, as we see throughout this podcast, they are completely acknowledging it is a trans marriage. I understand there was some debate of whether or not it might have been a prank or it might actually be a a woman i'm not sure if i'll get in a little trouble for that but let's go ahead and continue of course they start by talking about these strange thumbnails so let's hear a little of jim's explanation on how he came up with these bizarre thumbnails
12: kind of a, it's a, it's kind
3: of a goof you're we're making fun most. of
13: you're yeah. you doing the most yes but we know i the know most. I now of it know is we're... ironic
3: i believe they call that a soy face
13: you're making fun of in a way yeah <laughs> like i go like ah i know the annoying people that i feel like this is mocking that's how i normally see his face But <laughs> <laughs> and we're off <laughs> oh my god if i give birth this episode i'll be so mad at you
3: now i gotta say you know it's comments like that that kind of gross me out we have seen a lot of pda and a lot of blue humor you might call it throughout this podcast but of course, those thumbnails are what's really getting a lot of people talking, so it's great that they acknowledge it right at the beginning here.
13: Thank you. Um but uh I know you're used to getting peed on, or used to getting uh afterbirths on. No, no, no. And
3: thank god I'll never what's have that? that.
13: What is that a term? <laughs> you ever had
12: water broken on your face? No, it's the one thing I haven't fetishized is pregnancy. It's the only thing.
13: You know what is interesting? I've had more guys ask me out than in my really? whole life. When you were pregnant? Now. Yes.
12: All right,
3: Whitney. Well, we're not up here for you and your pregnancy talking with a woman that can't even get pregnant. I'm not sure if that's appropriate. Very untasteful, if you ask me. But I just wanted to touch base quickly on that thumbnail there. Our next timestamp. Where is that? We talk a little about their meeting. So now we're going to get to learn about Jim and Nikki meeting together
13: you have to be adopted from africa by a single famous person i don't know and by the way that's not the big
12: news is not that we're married like i know that that sounds like we're we're starting a youtube page and that's yeah. kind of a joke that's like the first five well, minute promo video I right think
13: youtube page together is way more commitment than getting
8: married i think so too Aww. it's so weird to see myself on like instagram and social media because i was off the grid for literally five years yeah so now that i'm back on it's like i met jim when i was 19. Wild. i'm 26 now mm-hmm. it's so weird that
3: And that's where we get to confirm that initial timeline that they met in 2016, and I believe he even goes on to confirm it later, and then met in person in 2017. Now you have to wonder, though. I didn't do—we didn't do enough research. I'll tell you, looking at these images were very shocking. So we didn't go ahead and do as much work to see when she started and ended camming. But of course, we might have to fact-check some of this later off of the social media, though. So finally out and giving an appearance now.
8: Just now, like. Three weeks ago we're public mm-hmm. but we've been together for so long yeah and then can i ask Cheers. you like, to see a
13: comedian in love it makes me hopeful it makes me um, a lot of things. Cause I always am like, are we unlovable? Cause of all the stuff that we have said, mm-hmm. it, like put out there, you know, right. I'm like, is any man ever going to want to sign up for that? Google me one time and they'll just never get an erection again. <laughs> so it's like, you know, did you, were you right?
3: I mean, I'll tell you this you whole conversation, of- very gross to me. Why don't we go to our next timestamp? Of course she just confirms that they've been together for that long. Jim Norton gets into it a little more right here
13: no one to refer myself yeah. to so it's it's weird and then you guys start dating like r- long distance
12: yeah we talked for here's the reason we're married now is because we first started talking because
13: you're madly in love i, I mean right. that would be the i
12: guess <laughs> but it, it was more like i wasn't gonna lose this battle i'm like it was
3: a. you know we get comments all the time saying that i have an issue interrupting people whitney can't make it through three sentences without cutting either of these guests off although to be fair i've not had that's not even true i've multiple times i've had multiple guests on the show can't even fault myself there
12: five year long road and we started talking at the very end of 2016 Mm -hmm. and i didn't meet her until may of 2017 so we were we were talking for seven months before we face on the the phone on the phone facetime FaceTime.
8: every single day he would facetime me skype me
12: and we, I, I only booked gigs
3: in Norway. I, I was,
8: literally would rather you pee on me than FaceTime. <laughs> well, they're
12: not mutually exclusive. This is
13: <laughs>
7: right.
3: right, Whitney. Well, you're talking to the wrong person there. <laughs> and then moving on, we continue this clip where Nikki confirms that story.
13: <laughs> okay, so you guys are like connecting emotionally.
3: Yeah, yes. it forced me to like you didn't know
12: Nikki as a person. And Bill Burr was always on me. He's like, dude, you got to go overseas, and I would never do it. But I'm like, it, I'm gonna book gigs. I'll book
3: so bill burr has known about this kept his mouth shut the entire time i wonder if he had anything interesting to say after the fact here we'd have to go back and look at that instagram i didn't see any of his comments he's still keeping quiet i wonder how he feels
12: oslo i'll book antwerp i'll book uh yeah that's my first Amsterdam. jim
8: was in oslo when oh. he did his european tour and while he was on it he was going to amsterdam like a week after norway yeah um and he was gonna fly me out and i missed my flight but then the next day you got me another flight yeah so you yeah. hadn't fully transitioned by then oh yeah <laughs> uh, still
13: missing flights were we <laughs> Need a couple more hormones but that's fascinating to me i think because like i do feel like long distance. all right
3: whitney well we're not here to hear about your opinion of the situation so nikki confirms that the timeline is correct nowhere in this video are we going to hear any talk about the camming and I think that that's going to be the main question that people are going to be asking themselves there we do have an odd cut and you have to wonder if it came up during this part of the conversation jump to this odd cut here keep an eye on it
8: Uh, it it was attached to time it was a crazy time it was crazy life
3: was just difficult it's cuts cuts. so we have to wonder what could they possibly be cutting out there is she talking about her cam experience and how many other men might be trying to fly her two different locations at the same time you'd have to wonder that would be the interesting part of the story if you ask me and lastly just a couple laying the groundwork on this story they also confirmed that they've actually been married for over a year
13: pay that much taxes why would you need to do that
12: it hasn't translated into our marriage don't feel better than other people <laughs> believe me i would love it if she found macy's she's like i love macy's i'm like every f-ing husband wants to hear i no love more macy's, macy's now. no
3: one thing you also notice about whitney cummings podcast now we are only 10 minutes in and that's very common but for a comedian that talks so much about censorship censors every little swear word through this entire podcast Bergdorf, Macy's. I yeah.
9: love it, it's great. <laughs>
8: I'm living the life. First, when I came here, I was like, oh, Macy's is beautiful. And then I discovered Saks and Bergdorf <laughs> and we share credit and it's yeah, you just gotta amazing. Go back
13: on I Jen- love I know. being married. We I got to get this YouTube channel up and running. I, I gave her a credit
12: card. Like, I, I can't oh. believe my life is here. I'm a married man. Sometimes I'll say those words, I'm married. Mm-hmm. married. And it just, it doesn't feel like- For how it, long? It's not real. It doesn't feel real that I've been married for
3: Well over a year. Right.
8: Jim is really the sweetest person ever. This is correct. We,
13: We all do know this, but I'm curious, like, what?
3: Well over a year. So a fascinating fact. This whole podcast is riddled with fascinating facts. They're not necessarily the ones that I think you were all hoping for, though. Right before we skip way ahead, now a lot of this conversation is a lot about the trans conversation. And, of course, that's not our focus today. But we have a quick fact check that we need to call Nikki Norton on here fact checking Nikki Norton
13: kind of even more because yeah. it's kind of just like punk rock I
12: love it I mean I, I can't believe I'm saying that and actually meaning it but I really love being married yeah. like I don't want anything else this I is love it not
8: having a job and being a an housewife <laughs> <else laughs> too yeah we look
12: yeah, at it for I different no, but I have to
8: say I've never had a job and <laughs> no literally I've never had a job I'm not trying to make myself this person of weird
3: well I just want to give a quick fact check here and then we'll let Nikki Norton finish not to cut her off but Certainly, a lot of people would consider camming a job.
8: Spectacle, but I've never had a job, and I love living with Jem. No, He's but- a very manic person. So whenever he gets home from radio, I love waking up early now. Yeah, yeah. Which I never did before, but he right. has a schedule now. So when he wakes up and go to work, the first thing I do wake up have the apartment to myself coffee you know just
3: living the dream so it's great to hear you know i've mentioned this a lot about this camming thing i do want to get this out here i'm not of course disparaging any cam i'm not sure if blind mike would appreciate me getting too deep into that conversation but i assure you i am not anti-camming
12: cookies knowledge and, and it
8: doesn't I, affect her at I all i have never complained about how jim looks she doesn't I've never no. told him look you have to change you gotta no. go to the gym Mm. i never tell him that. never she wants but, she's like oh you he look he tells me to change all the time oh let's go yeah. be healthy eat a little, a little better
12: yeah, i wanted to be healthy not i don't say lose weight but, but i'm, like, I'm cute not for your heart.
8: unhealthy if i have a cookie i'm not healthy well that's just love i think when you love someone
13: i think for like people like us like you know we didn't i didn't receive love in a healthy way yeah. i didn't have parents that you know right showed and me more how to take about whitney myself. here i guess this
3: isn't exactly a clip i'm not sure what we were trying to pull it was to prove that she was in fact a woman Maybe just comparing it to something Whitney says there, but not a clip. More of just Whitney going on about herself there. This podcast is riddled with that. Our next clip here, we have to talk about them addressing the trolls. Now, I have a note here, thank you, Jerry, that this is a bit of a longer clip. So why don't we take a quick listen here? Addressing the trolls. Now,
13: this necklaces and seasonal jackets for your most stylish Friends and family. One
3: thing I noticed here about these advertisements, it's very strange. I'm not sure why Whitney Cummings decides to take a shower and completely get in a new outfit before doing any of these. So she's in an odd lighting and pale and wet. It's very strange the way they do these ads. I wonder if it's good for their numbers at all. You'd have to. There must be a reason for it. Ooh, what a face. What getting does. to the, the end of this ad. Now, that's what a lot of these shows do. They put the ads right before a big moment in the show. This is a bit of a longer clip here addressing the trolls
8: I think that we're this weird couple because of the situation but honestly i feel like we're so normal like anyone else we're out with friends you're one of the healthiest couples i've ever <laughs> i never witnessed yeah we're out with friends we go to dinners. like we do everything that normal people do
12: it's why we like because people like when when you're in a marriage like ours pe- which again is a very marriage much similar like to like ours marriage. Yeah,
3: Now, I, of course, wouldn't put it on the same boat, but maybe he was just talking to Bill Burr because they both have a marriage that caught everybody by surprise. So I guess now that I rethink it here, it makes sense that he was sharing this information with Billy Burr.
12: But people are going to assume they know things about it, and that's why we want to put stuff out, whether it's YouTube or on Instagram. On Instagram. If you're going to judge us, watch us, Mm -hmm. and then come to your own determination based on what you see us doing I like these two or I hate these two, mm. as opposed to just, oh, this is what this marriage is or this is what it's based on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. You want to have your own record of it so other people aren't telling your story. Well, Jim, we're watching. ...and and yep. saying what your life is and what it's about.
13: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have to change a little bit some of the stuff? Like, are you ever like, you know what? Let's keep this part private. Like, I guess I'm like in a situation where I'm a little bit like moving forward in my life. Are there certain... Am I going to be able to? Is anyone going to want to date me if I air all my dirty laundry?
3: What is this right? podcast I called? Keep, Please like, help me. I'm Whitney, and I need an a, I need a hand. I'm not sure. No, this is. I think it's just called the Whitney Cummings podcast. Well, I guess that makes sense, though. If you name it just the Whitney Cummings podcast, going to be a lot of Whitney Cummings talk.
12: She loves the stuff about our relationship on stage. She's seen it, and again, she's unbreakable. Like yeah, she laughs okay. at it, and I know. I her. love it. She Indeed. she actually Uh-oh. likes it because it's stuffy. It's. I
13: love it. You ever go back to being a guy? Let me know.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe me and you next. Yeah, let me know. Nikki Cummings.
12: (laughs) She doesn't mind me talking about our private stuff. There's certain things I wouldn't talk about, like that you wouldn't in any relationship. Mm -hmm. But it feels so good to be talking about it because I'm I'm very open about my life. So when I wasn't talking about our relationship, it was torture. I
3: I remember, I
13: remember that when he was.
3: Certainly, and that's Jim Norton on addressing the trolls there. I'm sure a lot of people have questioned, a lot of people are leaving strange comments, so good on him to address it in such a face-down way. Of course, like I said, this is followed by a lot of trans talk. But before that, we have the most viral clip of this episode, actually, that's perfect. This was going around on many social medias. Jim Norton, are you gay? I forgot. My know.
13: I cried. But by the way, I knew. Like, I knew every yes. comedian knew. Of course.
12: Yeah. You know what, yeah. what I mean? But your sister? Like, what don't you I just know?
8: Forgot. Like, it wasn't, she's such a weird... Yeah. I mean, I just you're forgot. you guy sometimes.
12: I know. When I yeah. told my parents about Nikki, we had dinner. And I told them, like, I met this girl. And I told them she's transgender. And then my, mate and my mother wants to know, like, are you gay? Like, she, again, it was...
8: <laughs> she didn't care. But that really is the big question, though. Like, um, are you gay?
12: Um, no um i mean i'm not straight but you're
8: definitely not (laughs) straight
3: i mean i
12: don't when your dick is out i don't go boo (laughs) well
8: you do but no voice comes out
3: and that's about as much as i can take but we get the gist there that's are you gay jim norton the podcast goes on like i said it's a lot of talk about subjects that i don't care for there Thirty-one thirty. Nikki Trans talk an interesting story. Whitney has had some controversy being called a woman hater online. That's an interesting timestamp. Why don't we take a quick look?
13: Now that has to be like the defining yeah. factor of your identity.
8: I'm watching these pronouns and stuff. She, her, like, fine. You know, I think it's bringing the message across, but it's like, if I say that, I just feel like what, like, why would I, I just think the whole pronoun thing is crazy. Like I went to an LGBT convention in Canada actually, cause I had no friends. So I wanted to make friends other trans people Mm
7: -hmm.
8: and it was the craziest thing like they're all wearing latex pants yeah pink beard i just couldn't relate yeah like this is not who this this is on another level than
3: right well very strange not sure what to say to that you know you'd think i've never been to a trans convention i guess that's all i have to say on that subject but that's a little of jim and nikki we have another fact check here that we need to jump into a quick david collins fact check. (laughs)
13: <laughs> get a good job but yeah. you
3: know yeah they say that sometimes uh, you know, yeah. like
13: i don't do jobs yeah. i was very clear i do no jobs zero kinds None. of jobs never had a job <laughs> I
3: love again certainly had a job i'll tell you now if i switched if i went to a different website here and clocked in i would consider it having a job
13: that's my favorite thing
3: it's your favorite whitney because it's a lie do we have any other time here? A lot of Whitney, right, a lot of Whitney. She told a story about a 14-year-old's birthday party, blah, blah, blah. There we go. So now we're coming to the end of the podcast. We've skipped through a lot, but like I said, we're only going to be covering the important things that are related to Jim and Nikki there. Now, this is the first podcast that Jim and Nikki have gone on since announcing the whole situation. Let's take a little listen to what Jim thinks about it. So, just
12: do the yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, she's always got <laughs>
13: to lose weight. Got <laughs> <laughs> This has
12: been our first interview, too. It's really yeah. fun.
13: Oh my God, the y'all are the best. Time. I could talk to you forever. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, so much so fun. I was, you. It's just like, I don't know, it's really heartwarming. It's giving me so much um, faith. It's like, you know, um, I'm going to out you guys for a second for being the cutest. Aww. When I. Having a baby shower was really hard for me because it's weird to get attention around something that's not. Mm -hmm. being a performer like when you guys get married it's gonna feel weird yeah because you're kind of like like why is everyone so happy for me i haven't made you know i haven't like
3: all right whitney and whitney goes on and on and on it is a lot of whitney but i definitely encourage anybody to check that out those are the main hits of that clip then so it brings us to our next jim norton subject so of course they've talked a lot about of course they've talked a lot about that new youtube channel that they're going to be starting here Why don't we take a little listen? Now, I understand a lot of people have already played some of the earlier ones on their show. Here's the channel for their new YouTube. Now, the first thing I noticed here is when you go to their channel, you wonder, oh, the most recent video is only or the longest video. The first video that they put out there was only two weeks ago. But you will notice very quickly this channel was actually created in August. So there has been some prep and some planning here. You wonder, maybe they were talking to a studio or something before they decided to go full YouTube. We're going to be taking a quick listen. Uh-oh. Watch out for that lap, dog. We're going to be taking a quick... We're going to look at that song, too. Very strange, the projects that we're working on. But they did this vlog for their happy. L.A. podcast trip that included oh, being over on Whitney Cummings' Whitney podcast. Tomorrow. No, stop. Whitney tomorrow. So it starts with a cliche coming up sequence a lot like a tlc show that you might expect to see with something like this now what can you expect when you go to this channel jim and nikki to watch one of their episodes i think this sums up pretty quickly what you can expect
12: just come here now stop yelling and come here <laughs>
8: wait what's going on are you kidding no way oh my god do
12: you like that little area what
8: the fuck
12: they upgraded us to this amazing room
8: oh my god this
3: the la podcast trip
8: this is literally oh
12: my god but look If we don't if I feel fat, I can just close this.
8: Wow. This is wow, this is the nicest hotel I've ever
3: had. how strange is this? And what audience could they be trying to garner? Now I understand Jim Norton did so many years of radio. I don't think that his radio audience is what this is gonna be targeted at. I don't think that Nikki's former audience is who this is targeted for. You have to wonder.
12: I am going to destroy the No, this is what this
8: is what you're gonna do. Okay, let me do my real wow. This is fucking amazing. So we just checked.
3: Our next clip here is. Beverly
4: Hills actually. We're
8: gonna grab lunch. Smile. Smile. Aww.
12: That was very good food. Do you enjoy it? Oh,
8: it's so delicious. Is my panties showing? Do it again.
12: No, your panties are not showing.
3: This show is so odd. I almost. I'm speechless, and it's, very, it's not very often that I have no words to describe what's happening here, but you just watch this show and you wonder, you know, I watch a lot of these shows too. Whenever I visit my mother, she's always watching shows like Love at First Sight and, and these type of strange strange addiction and these TLC shows, and this is not something that I would ever envision her watching. Oh, our next clip here, what does a Norwegian look like with a spray tan? That should be interesting. Now
8: I'm going to get my spray tan.
12: Let's see how you look with your tan. Do
8: you like it?
12: Yeah. Take a look,
8: ladies and gentlemen.
12: You didn't go crazy, which is nice. Very
8: nice. Got my little tan on.
3: Wow. Is anybody else uncomfortable yet? So that was Jim, and I think we're gonna we're just gonna be moving through some of these clips very quickly. We do have some we do have some clips here. So this next clip here is a not safe for work moment. Be careful, everybody. Oh, apparently this is, a we got a quite a freeze frame here, speaking of not safe for work. But we have a a much more not safe for work moment up here, and it leaves you asking, is this a bit of some sort? What is going on here? Where is the joke?
12: Look at the way your cord is hanging out. Just look at yourself in the mirror. This is because you don't give a shit, and I wasn't going to tell you. Well,
8: I didn't know it was that
12: bad. But I told you, like... This is- but this is what it is. And it's hanging out the back. I fucking hate these mics.
3: Uh-oh.
8: Holy fucking shit!
3: So they're mic'd up the entire day. Is there anything else
8: we can use in these fucking 1960s retro shits? Nope. it's all you got. So where am I supposed to tuck them?
12: I was trying to, but you got impatient with me, so I just dropped the No, it I just
8: fucking hate these mics.
12: I hate them too. It's all cordless. It's and
3: you know, in many shows, there's a producer behind- a producer might say, Hey, why don't you make a tuck joke? Are they coordinating this beforehand? It's very strange, and you notice we're only five minutes into this. Fifteen minutes. We're not going to go through this whole episode here, but it is very strange. So the fight continues.
8: Ruining everything for me. Well, I hate them. They suck the fun out of it. Cordless they don't. Suck the well, fun out of it. yeah, I get it. Cordless don't sound as good. So though. here's the balcony, you guys. Well, that was I'm fun. So quick. So excited. Yeah, I'm so.
12: We're not editing that out, by the way. So. Just so you know, we're not editing out. Your little meltdown and then you're gonna come back and go oh my god you got oh sorry i didn't mean to be a part of it
8: so here's the balcony you guys with a beautiful los angeles
3: and you might think that that was going to be labeled as the most uncomfortable moment of the show we actually have our next clip we actually have labeled as the most uncomfortable moment of the show Oh, I'm sorry, did you want me to continue and continue to play what's... Let's check out the balcony.
8: Can you came back up a little? I don't like it that close to my face. Of course, let's have, have a little argument a first,
3: and now we're checking out the balcony.
5: Good.
8: Good. it. <laughs> there you go. With a beautiful...
12: Loss know, sometimes big pain hands pain can
3: breeze. be a fault. We're right Why don't by you the... show them here, so downtown to We're right LA.
8: by the roof. Show You're them... touching my mic!
12: Oh, sorry. You always touch my mic! What?
3: Boy, and like I said, you thought that was uncomfortable? This next clip we have labeled here, the most uncomfortable minutes of this show. Why don't we take a quick look?
12: R2-D2! That's apple fuzz! This has to make it. John did not finish his food. Wasteful.
8: Getting my hair done, and I'm going to be doing Whitney Cummings. Getting my fucking hair done. And now Jim is coming to drop me off money.
3: What gets me about this show is the stark change from so serious terrible. to argumentative oh, to romantic now
12: we're going go to 10 to comedy flavors. Nikki is going to get her hair done and uh she wanted us to go to lunch.
0: Look artudito. That's this has to make it.
12: John did not finish his...
3: Very uncomfortable. And then we're back into some beauty products here. The changes of tone are very strange, but we're all looking forward to whatever he's got coming up there. Oh, we have one more fact check, it looks like. Why don't we check this last fact check? Do we even continue? We have one more thing here.
12: I look like a fucking fruit. No! You are. Be- Look, Uh-oh. This is a guarantee it's all over this fucking towel. Yeah, of course. The first by the way, the first YouTube video oh, we did. Gave...
8: Do you know how many men would love to have my lipstick on their mouth one, and other and you places? Them. The, uh,
3: the Again, YouTube you know, and basketball. this is this is our fact check here cuz of course, now we've done the research. I can't show too many clips. I think we tried to show one. We're going to have to end up censoring that. It's a big issue. Certainly many men are enthralled by this Nicky Norton, or, as some might say, Princess Elena? Anyway, not to harp on the fact, but it's strange that they just continue to say such clearly false, falsifiable sentences there. Lastly, we just want to check out their newest project. Apparently, they're not only doing their YouTube here, they're also putting out music. Now, all of you out there that listen to David Collins' 30 minute and a half hour show understand I'm a big fan of song parodies. I think that a song parody is a great way to deliver the news or deliver any any topical piece of comedy in a much more palatable form. Why don't we take a little listen to Nikki Norton's song parody? I want a
7: little dog, a sweet little dog.
3: And that's about as much of that as I can personally take. Now, you see, it is a two-minute song. I'm not sure. It looks like that my face might be covering it up here. But if you could see, you would see it is a two-minute song. We're not gonna be playing that whole thing. Fun Felice Navidad song parody there. So, Nikki and Jim. We're certainly looking forward to whatever projects that you have in the future. Sorry that Whitney Cummings was trampling over everything that you guys went on the show to say. We're curious to know what might have been cut from the show. If anybody knows what might have been cut from the show, email me. DC30minute half hour at Jim DC 30 minute half hour at gmail.com. We'll be looking forward to reading some of those. And that was our coverage of Jim and Nikki Norton. <laughs> and we also got to learn about Chad Zumok this week, somebody that I didn't expect to like so much. Out of all the characters that all of this universe follows, Chad Zumok's the only one doing content, giving any pushback. And we really enjoyed some of that, Actually, I actually had the opportunity to talk with a comedian that had opened for Chad Zumok years ago, and that was interesting. And we also have some clips from him covering Content House this week. Chad Zumok, a stand-up comedian in New York, or the New York area. I'm actually not too too sure where he hails from. We're going to be talking a little bit about his podcast. I get to learn about him. One thing that struck me, and we're also going to be talking to—I'm actually associated with a comedian— that years ago had opened for Chad Zumach, so we're going to get him on the show and talk a little about that and hear about him opening for Chad Zumach, see if there's an interesting story there. But Chad actually struck me as one of the more interesting characters out of everybody that we're talking about today. Many of these characters are ridiculed online by a handful of shows. Chad Zumach, however, is one of the only ones there that decides, hey, I'm going to do a show of a similar format and give some pushback to these haters. So that was an interesting dynamic to run into. Now, we wanted to do a little research on this guy, and we found the best way was just to sign up for his Patreon. And it had me a little nervous. This seems like it must have been written years and years ago, so I hope the guy is doing all right. Of course, he calls himself a Mud Shark, which is interesting. It'd be a great radio name. I wonder if he has any history. That's probably why I'm finding myself a little fond of him. I'd imagine he sounds so much like a former broadcaster. I wonder if he has any history in radio there. But if you sign up to his Patreon, you get this email back, and it it had me a little nervous that this might not be going as well for him as he'd hoped. The email says, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to support my content, comedy, and my Patreon goals. I will continue to provide free content for everyone, And your pledge helps me tremendously, getting my content where it needs to be. I'd say it's a little heavy on the word content. That'd be my first criticism there. But I'm also finding, of course, this seems to be written at a time where everything was free, because I am finding now a lot of his content is actually behind a paywall, so maybe this needs to be updated. It continues. A majority of what is pledged to you is put right back into what I'm doing. The goal... As stupid Steel Toe would say, I'm not familiar. He talks a lot about this Steel Toe character. I'm not caught up there. Unfortunately, that's, that wasn't on the list that Blind Mike gave me, so I'm not sure about this Steel Toe. But as Steel Toe might say, is to hire a hire a producer. Is that really what it said, uh, Jerry? That's not you. You really just you sent that to me. Let's start that over. The goal, as stupid Steel Toe would say, is to hire a hire a producer add more programming, build a studio in the back room, and getting it to a point of a like-minded community. You know, one thing I don't like about this Chad Zumach, I can't really show this on screen, he's not a fan of the Oxford comma. I'm a big fan of the Oxford comma. Then he finishes by saying, you are day one supporters. And as time goes on, there will be more rewards for you for that. Thank you so much, Chad. AKA the Z man, AKA the Mud Shark. Well, it's interesting and that's the other thing that has me concerned. Certainly, I am not a day one supporter by by his definition. That would that would be room for a lot of concern here. But like I said, Chad Zumok does a show where he watches other people that make fun of him and other people in that community. He watches their live stream live, which I actually thought was a very interesting format. I'm not sure if I've seen a lot of that where you do a live show And then you're looking for other live shows to base your content. So we're going to take a quick look here at reviewing the content house. So I guess there's a house of people that like to gather and then they do their podcasts all in the same house together. It's another interesting thing. We're learning so much about how this industry flows. Let's jump straight into the content house review. Another, This is Chad Zumok, another person that loves his production value. What an intro this guy's got. We can get rid of your little picture here, Chad. We'll come back to you soon. So we want to hear a little of his intro at the beginning here, and then I think he does a roll call, which we want to do here. That's another fun thing that you could do at the beginning of a live show, I suppose. Oh, in this show, you'll notice that there's uh, some profanity on the screen. This show is called Kumia's Cucks. So, the, how I understand the show, there is, of course, old radio DJ Anthony Kumia, who is formerly of Opie and Anthony on Sirius XM. And I guess that he runs a, he runs some sort of broadcasting center today. And all of his employees, Chad Zumach refers to as his cucks. I think that's kind of the premise of the show here. So that just to explain kind of what you're seeing on screen here. And there's that Carl fellow. We're going to be talking a little about him later, I think. Again, you know, I had the same criticism of Tom Meyer's intro. Not enough words. I like some words. And you with this energy going here, you could add a little more. But this is good. That's a, that must be a pretty young picture of Chad there. now what I'm noticing about this intro is actually looping the same image and it's the same music. So we'll just skip ahead. It's actually, I, I thought I was more impressed with this. I guess I'm actually, maybe I was a little uh, illusion. No, I'm disillusioned.
5: Ow! Oh.
2: welcome. Colt C Spencer K
3: starts at 545. That's we do a roll call in here. That's a lot of fun. I like a good roll call. If, I'm not I-90, sure if I'm too familiar with
2: greatest that. Comedian. We got Merck Sace. He's new. Sean Daly, Spencer K. Akala. Jessica Flatcat.
3: You know, and say what you will about this, it's a very strange format, this roll call, but this is what people are watching these days, so you can't really give him too much... too much... whatever the word is. We want to jump straight into seven minutes here, because he said something I actually agreed with, I believe.
2: Lawyer, at first I didn't like him, but now I think he's he's fucking great. Because he was trolling John, and it's...
3: (laughs) stuttering john
2: first i was like who the fuck is this guy and then he's trolling john and i'm just laughing my ass off I like this guy's hilarious i didn't realize what he was doing hey speaking of uh, patreon <laughs> like we were talking about it go sign up to the patreon <laughs> patreon.com
3: blackslash It he wasn't even talking about the patreon it's very funny black,
2: black slash african-american slash Zumok. Uh, I want to thank some $100 sponsors. You, too, could be a $100 sponsor, everybody. You oh, could we? you want to promote, plug. You're running for office. You're
3: Wouldn't that for be office. interesting? Would you take note of that, Jerry? Maybe we could get a sponsorship on Chad Zumach's show.
2: ...in Colorado, but you can't. Sign up to my sponsors. You could be one. $100. Ken Mosca, the great Ken Mosca, the great David Chandler, Jared Thompson, Stu John, Twinkleho 99, Randy P, Jack, well, Anthony Craig T, and Big Papa, still holding strong the month
3: of December. Well, if those are the promotions, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember any of those names. Our name mixed in that list wouldn't be helpful at all. Sure. Thank you for uh, your
2: sponsorship. Oh, and SilkCityHotsauce.com, everybody. What are we what doing we with the Silk City? $100. We we would went...
3: He has not gotten to where I agree with this. Jerry, you really messed up these timestamps, I believe. Oh, this is the Christmas special! We've completely botched the timestamps, it appears. Well, that's no problem. We got a little piece of that. That's Chad Zumok's. Let's see, do we have any other timestamps for this piece? Alright, well this is falling apart. That's fine. Well, Chad Zumach also had... And we're gonna be talking with uh, that comedian here pretty soon anyway. We're just really waiting for that phone call, but we had something else that we could kind of jump into here. This was... Chad Zumach also did a Christmas special. What just based on these timestamps, I'm liking Chad Zumach even less. So he did do a Christmas special here, and we have some fun clips from that. It begins around 545. Lots of references in this one to people that I don't know, but let's take a little listen to this opening.
2: Now it's the holiday season. Go your faces in here. What's going on? It's the Z-Man. What's going on, shark. Z-Man? The Shark. Coming live and direct from Tampa, Florida. Beautiful Tampa, Florida. Oh, the weather. Ah, oh. Gorgeous. You notice how Fatty Patty's always using his hands like steel toe. Flipper hands. How are you everybody? Hit the like button. Thank you so much for coming to the show today. Uh this might be the last Kumias cucks ever. I'm just kidding. It'll never stop.
3: They drew first blood, not me and that's what he keeps saying, and I'm kind of sympathetic with him. It does seem like he gets more hate than anybody that he could throw around there, but that's interesting, and we couldn't find that timestamp, but he did say that he did. we did have something we wanted to play about. He said, I'm done doing comedy of some sort. I was going to be just taking a step back. He has some shows that he does a few times a year, and then he's focused on his broadcasting, and we thought that was an interesting clip to play. Unfortunately, we've kind of dropped the ball on that, but here, we're going to get to this part where, like I said, he talks a lot on the show about people that I don't care or know of, but we do have a quick timestamp here from.
2: We're going to be great. We're going to have good times. And the best part about this show, you know what the best part about this show is? No Ray DeVito. Yes. Yes. Ray DeVito free! You're
7: and that's welcome. actually...
3: And I was very excited when he said this at the beginning of the show because I'm not familiar with this Ray DeVito. I want to catch up on Chad Zumok and maybe he could interact with characters that I'm somewhat familiar with. Unfortunately, he says no read no Ray DeVito. He talks about this Ray DeVito character for 28 minutes in the show. Luckily, we get to a great impression later. And this is really what I want to talk about, Chad Zumok. Some people really have a lot of negative things to say about Chad Zumach's impressions. I think he's a hell of an impressionist, if I do say so. Come.
2: This is the one show Ray DeVito can't do. I'm doing it. I'm doing a very good service for a lot of people out there. A lot of hardworking individuals this holiday season. A lot of people who come together in this community. Right. They donate. They buy the memberships. Open up your
3: And that's what I, that's all I agreed with. You know, a lot of people like to take vacations around this time of year. Chad Zumach, somebody still burning the midnight oil, giving something back to his audience. That's perfect. So let's jump ahead and jump into our first Chad Zumach impression here. About 15 minutes in, we have a Chad Zumach, Joe Rogan impression. This comes by pretty quickly. So make sure you're paying attention.
2: I swear he went live. In all seriousness, happy holidays. To the Ant-Man. Anthony Gumia. Do you think Kevin Brennan likes Anthony Gumia? Happy
3: holidays to Carl! What a great Joe Rogan, that is. I've never heard such a great Joe Rogan. A lot of people are doing Joe Rogan impressions these days, but I think he really nailed it there. I'm not sure really the context on that, but I did catch that, and we wanted to take note. Perfect. So I don't think there's really much we want to talk about on Chad Zumak. On the note of doing an impression, we... We'll go ahead and play a comparison here. So, um, But but before that, we do have one note here that just says the only thing that I need to know about Chad Zubach.
5: Ah,
2: Gino is going to hurt. I had to deal with that guy for two weeks behind the scenes. I go, this guy's fucking crazy. But Ray just uses everyone. Don't make this. Hey, hey, guys, he's my buddy. I love him. I love everybody. Don't get it twisted. He doesn't. He doesn't love everybody. You're not his friend. You're not his buddy. He uses and manipulates. That's why I cut Ray out. I see what he's all about.
3: Right. So maybe it wasn't about Chad Zumok. Maybe we messed up that note. It was about Ray DeVito, which no, I know maybe that's just somebody that we won't try to work with in the future. You know, you hear that he's going on all these shows. Maybe you think maybe we should have him and a guest on our show. But if Chad Zumok says he's not to be trusted, then maybe we'll take his word for it. Now, we've talked a lot about here today. In general, I think we've mentioned impressions. A lot of a big fan of impressions. I do a heck of a Jimmy Fallon. Won't see that today. But Chad Zumok, just like a great Joe Rogan, he also does a very funny impression of that Carl figure that we had talked about earlier. He was Stuttering John. He talks about Stuttering John often. He does a show called Who Are These Podcasts? And I think we've mentioned that with a few of our guests before. But Chad Zumach does a, what a unique impression, too. Nobody in the world is doing an impression of this guy. And th- the people making fun of Chad Zumach don't agree that it's a great impression. So we went ahead and pulled those clips here. Let's take a little listen to that comparison right side by side. So first, we're going to be listening to Carl from Who Are The Podcasts? And then we'll hit listen to Chad Zumach's impression. And we'll really get an unbiased take on, try to, try to analyze here. Is it a good impression or is it not?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to be welcome there. And when that happens, please don't shoot up the place.
7: (laughs) If if you can help (laughs) it. We really appreciate
2: that. Where she invites all the influencers, all the dorks like Carl. Oh, my God. I can't believe I got invited back to Chrissy's content house. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chad's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Can I bring Cardiff? Anyways. (laughs)
3: Another shout-out to the great Cardiff Electric there. I'm surprised he's—that's somebody that's involved in so many different worlds. It's very surprising to see. But that was our little comparison of Chad and that Carl figure. I thought he does a great impression of Carl. Is that really all we wanted to talk about, Chad Zumach, here? Well, that's fine. I think that wraps it up then. Jerry, we can just move on from Chad Zumach. That's no problem. And then we have our little call-in here. We'll talk talk to Jameson Cox about opening for Chad Zumach at Penguin's Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids. Maybe we'll even get into my Sam Talent story later. I've been thinking of that, but that's great. That's Chad Zumach. So right now I'm joined with Jameson Cox, former friend of the show that we've had on the show. I believe it was episode seven of David Collins' 30-minute, half-hour show. It might be episode six or episode five. I'm not exactly sure. But he actually, in the past, has opened for Chad Zumok, and we have him on the line right here. Can you hear me, Jameson? I can. Uh, I'd like to think I'm still friends of the show. Of course, yeah, a great former friend of the show, and that's great. And you've been over to New York there. Jameson Cox is somebody that I met in Iowa, and one of the first. He's actually somebody that was big in my ear about starting and getting back on the air and starting some sort of Internet show. But he also has told me once that he had the opportunity to open for Chad Zumox, which is who we've been talking about today. Chad Zumox. Do you remember opening for Chad Zumach? Uh
5: Yeah, yeah, I. I... Kinda, yeah.
3: Now, this guy's got a reputation for being a bit of a drunk and a bit of an antagonizer. Do you remember anything about that?
5: I don't remember feeling antagonized at all. And uh, as far as being a drunk, he seemed pretty... I think I saw him have a couple beers. I I don't know if I'd call him a drunk.
3: Right. Well, he's somebody that gets a lot of online hate. I think there are full shows developed just about reacting to his content. Now... Chad Zumach is is somebody that they call the mud shark because he goes around flinging so much mud at other comedians. Do you have any any recollection of any of that?
5: He was pretty nice to me. I mean, the way I remember it, he was a rather sweet guy. He came in, told the staff, thank you. You This, uh, I don't know what kind of portrait you're painting of him Is that right? Well, this
3: is some of the things that I've caught up on here. Of course, a lot of people talk about this Chad Zumach fella, so let's go. Let's build a bit of a timeline here. When was this? So I understand it was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, that you had the opportunity to open for him. Is that right?
5: Yep, at uh, Penguins Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids. This was, you know, early 2018.
3: Early 2018. Maybe so before a, a lot springtime. of the controversies that have come up there with Chad Zumach. What are some of the, some of the other people that you've opened for?
5: Well, I've opened for Andy
3: Kindler, Chris Rad, Sam Talent. Sam Talent. I actually think we might talk a little bit about that Sam Talent story. Of course, I was there kind of in the background, but I remember so many people leaving. I have a bit of a Sam Talent story that maybe I'll be telling on the show today. But of course, we're talking about Chad Zumok.
5: Yes, we are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, maybe 2018 was the last of the good years for him. I don't know what happened to him after that show. I'm not but... sure. You
3: know, he's somebody that I've been listening to and actually getting more and more impressed the more that I listen. Now, so many of these people are targets by other podcasts that like to make fun of them, Chad Zumok's one of these only people that actually goes back and creates a show shooting back at these podcasts. He's, he's well, that, actually
5: kind of impressive. That me. doesn't sound like mudslinging at all. That sounds like deflecting mud back. I mean, I you're making this guy sound like a hero to me. I like him. I've actually, I mean,
3: I, I've actually, really, he's really grown on me over this last week of learning about him.
5: Yeah, he seems like a great guy. I mean, like I said, that when I met him. He came in very professional, very, you know, straight-laced guy. I mean, I, I did see him have a couple beers. I don't remember being anything crazy, but uh, yeah. Certainly. Well, we were hoping a for a more an,
3: more interesting story about maybe if he was rude to somebody or if he got back and forth with the audience in any way. Oh, well, there was a
5: little confusion with his bill at the end of the night. Really? Yeah, he, uh, he went to go pay the tab, and they said, you know, you're a comic, your, your drinks are free, and he... He, he was very shocked by that, and uh, is that know, right?
3: Tipped, I, he strikes
5: me as somebody that would kind of expect well. things to be free. He seemed happy about it. I mean, yeah, he tipped the bartender well. He, he I got to tell you, he's a pretty sweet guy.
3: Well, Jameson, so this this interview here that we're doing, it's going to be ending up on the Blind Mike Project oh, YouTube big fan channel. Love
5: Blind Mike. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy he can't see. And his name's Mike. I I love that. Well, a lot of people actually get
3: confused. There's another there's a gay blind Mike that's in the New York area. Well, I suppose blind Mike, you might consider the New York area.
5: That's who I'm thinking of. Gay blind Mike. I'm a big fan of gay blind Mike.
3: You're in the New York area. Have you seen Chad Zumak around more recently?
5: No, no, I can't say that I have. I'm mainly at open mics and I th- I think his careers is a little, you know, he's headlining Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So Certainly. Well, well, actually, one of the clips that
3: we open. listened to today is him talking about how he's given up um, on a lot of things and he's just happy doing booked shows and whatever he can get. And then he's just going to be streaming for his audience. But you, that's right. You might not see him at those open mics, but he's somebody that's been doing it for so long. I'm sure he's a real professional about it.
5: He's earned his stripes. And from what I saw, he killed in in Iowa. So, I mean, I, I would be surprised to find out he was doing open mics. I mean, if, I assumed he probably had a pretty full
3: calendar. I'll tell you, we expected that you would have some sort of outrageous story about this Chad Zumok And you wouldn't be the first, too. People people love to follow him at his shows and come back and share with these other podcasts what kind of, well, of acts they people, had.
5: A lot of people like to hate on success. So right. what you might be seeing is his success and people being jealous you know, is that maybe a little bit of what's going on in your because you do a little stand up, and uh, m- maybe you kind of wish you were at his level, so you you know you're you're looking for dirt to maybe try to bring down the king.
3: Well, I wouldn't say that that's me necessarily. In fact, my eyes have kind of been opened, especially even talking to you about about this Chad Zumach. But no, a lot of people definitely maybe it is something like that because he he's opened for great comedians. Uh, you know, um, I can't even I can't even think of some of the. But I was looking through some of his credits, and I certainly wasn't unimpressed.
5: I can tell you a, a, a great story about a, another comic. I don't know if you want me to say his name, but it's uh, another guy I opened for.
3: Yeah, that'd be that, interesting that if you was, have a story. Maybe that's something. That's right. Maybe we'll just change. Maybe we'll just drop the Chad Zumach segment that we recorded here, and then we can talk about that more interesting comedian. Because, like I said, we've only talked. I've only really had positive things to say at this point about Chad Zumach. I got nothing good things
5: to say about. I mean, I can lie to you and tell you a story that isn't true about him. Now, you I've, want me to pretend that this other story is Chad Zumach? That would be fun.
3: So who is this comedian? Now, you've worked with Chad Zumak, You've worked with so many other... Chad Zumak doesn't sound like it would be even on your top ten list of comedians that you would not want to work with again in the future.
5: I'd love do- to work with him again.
3: Are you kidding me? I've tried hey, to... reach Chad, out to
5: if him. you're listening, reach out. I, I hope love, that he yeah. is
3: listening. Chad Zumak actually, we have reached out to you before. We tried to get him as as a guest on David Collins' 30-minute, half-hour show. He has so many trolls bugging him all the time, though. I'm sure he's just concerned that it was some sort of gag. But with your connection, I I tried to tell him, of course, that you had opened for him in the past and we had this connection already. But I think he's just kind of let that be ignored.
5: He's probably a little high up on the food chain to do your show, I think, David.
3: Well, possibly. We were just talking about how Bob Levy found a way to get me off of potentially being a guest on his show. So, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe he was worried that I might be stealing some of the spotlight. But I still don't think that that's any concern there. I imagine that it just got unread.
5: Yeah, you're kicking up a lot of dust in the podcast
3: world, so. Well, that's nice of you to say. Who was this comedian that you had such a terrible story about?
5: Uh, well, I don't know if I want to say his name, but how about I tell you the story and then you see if you can guess. Okay.
3: Is so it Brendan Schaub?
5: Because I know that Brendan you're, Schaub. I would hate
3: to hear you bad mouthing. I know when you were a guest on David Collins' 30 minute and a half hour show, you only had good things to say about Brendan Schaub. We played a game and you had to guess which joke was joke and you knew exactly which was which.
5: Big fan of Schaub, probably one of the top 10 working comedians in the game
3: today. Do you think that that opinion is going to is going to kind of cause a rift in what people think about what you've already said about Chad Zumach? A lot of people have negative things to say about Brendan Schaub, although I believe that opinion has kind of changed recently.
5: Here's the thing. My opinion on Schaub, we don't matter. We don't matter, B. Our opinions don't matter, you know, I just try to stay focused. I don't matter. I I, I one of my side hustles, I worked the kitchen at Chang's, PF Chang's. I I'm, I'm just trying to put out some good, tasty orange chicken dishes. Okay?
3: Right. That's so what I was stay this focused on. Comedian that was so outrageous.
5: Well, so the story is he's a pretty big name, pretty famous guy, famous for movies. He uh famous for a Marvel movie, actually.
3: Was a side character in a Marvel movie. Jim That's Norton I don't believe Jim Norton was in a Marvel movie. Jim Norton was the bus driver in Spider-Man 2. We've actually just got done talking about him also, his new relationship, Jim and Nikki Norton. Good, good
5: for good for Jim.
3: Uh, no, that's not the... Uh, I, I won't say the movie because it's a dead
5: giveaway, but he was a side character in a Marvel movie. and He came in for a, a one-nighter, two shows, and uh, he didn't have any merch, so he went to the local Hot Topic and bought all the uh, flat-brim hats that were branded with the marvel movie he was in to sell and sign to fans wow well that's an and uh, that's a good idea that's a fun one he uh he brought a tuba with him and uh brought it on stage never played it once didn't even take it out of the case
3: well that's very strange i would be worried that very they were gonna strange. follow you around with it
5: yeah well i mean i don't think i could follow a tuba act that'd be tough But uh, the story that's a little controversial, I guess, is uh, while he was on stage, he talked about how he uh, doesn't drink anymore. And uh, he he kept drinking out of a kombucha bottle on stage. And I noticed progressively throughout the night, he was getting looser and looser. By the end of the Uh second show, he was hardly standing up doing the meet and greet. And I'm like, wow, he really gave it all on stage. He's got no energy left. Poor guy can't even stay upright. And then I go back into the green room afterwards, and I noticed he was finishing off a bottle of vodka that he was pouring into the kombucha. Wow. Well, that is interesting. I understand
3: you being a New York comedian over there, especially a little newer to that area, you might not want to burn any bridges. I don't want to burn any bridges, man. I'm
5: just here trying to have a good
3: time. But if anybody can guess who that comedian might be, make sure you email me, dc30minutehalfhour at gmail.com. Call it in. Well, that was great, Jameson Cox. Thanks so much for your Chad Zumach story. I'm sorry it wasn't as inflammatory as some of the viewers might have hoped for, but it's nice sorry, that you had sorry. such a good experience with him. Nothing but good things to say about Mr. Zumach. Were you that yeah. person in the story?
5: Of getting sober? With a kombucha bottle. Was that you? <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't in Deadpool. I see. Well, that's great. Ooh, oh, that, that was, that's the hint. I just gave it away. What I an enlightening
3: conversation that we've had here.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I can't tell you anything about Chad Zumok. Sorry to ruin your bit, but Donnie Baker, class act. Chad Zumach really could go either way.
3: Well, that's great. This will just pair up well. I'll go ahead and tell my Sam Talent story, and it will just be a bit of a corner that we'll have here breaking things up. We love a little interstitial to break things up here at David Collins' 30-minute, a half-hour show. Well, that's great. Jameson Cox, do you have anything to promote?
5: Uh... No, man, follow me on Instagram, Jameson Cox comedy. I'm thinking about quitting comedy anyway. So, uh, but follow me on there. See if you can convince me to stick around.
3: Well, that's too bad. In New York, just drains people. I've heard that. I think that's a saying, but thanks so much. Jameson, so you Cox make it there. Everybody. You can make it anywhere. That's what they say. And I don't think I can. And finally, we wanted to take a look at Matt Reif. Matt Reif can't avoid controversy this month, it seems. And we had wanted to follow up on his new polygamy scandal. Perfect. That's great. And only one last subject to cover today. One thing they don't warn you, this is a very exhausting thing to be going through, but I'm glad that we have only one left. This is a fun show, though. Thanks again, Blind Mike, for having me guest host today. Very strange. We're going to be talking a little about this Matt Reif again. Can't stop talking about this Matt Reif and his constant controversies. That was actually on the Blind Mike project a few weeks ago. We talked about when his special came out and some of the backlash that he got from that. Now I'm a big fan of him. I've been keeping up with him at least. I'm a, I'm a, you could say, you could say I'm a, I'm a above average fan. But I must watch almost every podcast that he appears on. And months ago, I had caught him on this canceled podcast. And there was one moment in particular that kind of stood out to me. Now, Jerry and I have been taking bets. As much as I love this Matt Rife's comedy, I have been a little suspicious, especially since seeing this. I thought rape allegations or something was coming out. Of course, the big story this week is a polygamy scandal that he was, apparently, at some points he was dating, you know, 10 or 15 women at one point, And now they're all in a group chat out to get him. So that's kind of what we're following, and we're going to see what the outcome of that really is. A bit of a womanizer, it turns out. Who would have guessed? Like I said, I've been watching this kind of coming down the pike, or not sure exactly what to expect, but this was the first sign, to me at least, that something was a little up here. So, the whole time in this show that he's appearing on, he was on the canceled podcast six months ago now. And you can imagine the views this is getting today. But he's on this canceled podcast, and it's all moving very comfortably through the entire show until about 47 minutes in when they ask him about sleeping with fans. And then things get a little. Ooh, different <laughs> and it starts by taking questions from the fans always a dangerous maneuver there joe made joe Mataris knows
11: oh yeah absolutely i was trying to go through the fucking fan questions and it's go so it. no that that was like literally that was the, one that of them was one of them that's hilarious and no but it's 90 percent things that i'm physically just not inclined to ask you you know what i mean you can ask it i can pass like no you would pass for sure yeah.
3: now we're watching this, and we're focusing on this podcast in particular, and we're going to get into this question, but we're going to pause on these two women here, because these two women are getting credit for actually canceling Matt Reif here and kind of bringing this all to light. Now, this is woman on the left is named Brooke Schoenfield, I think, Schoenfield something like that, and she is a YouTuber and a model of some sort, I believe, and this woman on the right, I don't really remember, I'm kind of familiar, there were there was some stories uh, 10 years ago or something, she said an N-word or something like that, and I'm not really sure, but she's also a YouTuber, and they have this podcast, The Cancelled Podcast.
11: Yeah, you'd... Pound, um, fire fire. But away. a lot of people want to know if you've ever fucked a fan. I've never fucked a fan. Yeah.
3: Um, Would you ever... It's a little a uncomfortable. A it's the first time in this whole show that he's gotten so. any uncomfortable.
11: I mean, it's... I don't know. I don't... You're in don't Atlanta, like... Georgia. You've been there for three nights. He's You're
3: thinking he's perfect. been shooting at the hip. He's been operating all on instinct, and now his instinct is saying... Maybe I should pull back a little bit and think about my answer. First of all, that so will never happen. Okay? <laughs> no, if look, Atlanta, if, if, if they'll, they'll drive me out of Atlanta, I'll fuck whoever, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Anybody.
11: Yeah. Mm, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's really? that's a weird question because I don't really consider people like fans. Like just because oh, you come to a show does mean you're like. No, don't get all fucking weird and humble on this answer. No, because like you're still a fucking person. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't. Right. Unless you're coming up to me and you're like, oh my God, oh I my am. God. Like that, that's like fan energy. energy. You know what I mean? But
3: doesn't know what a fan is. It's a very suspicious answer. It certainly lets you know that something's going on here. So that was the first key to, to me at least that something might have been going up. Who would have guessed it would have turned in what it turned into here. Let's jump to our next clip. Our next clip is a week before they really break open this group chat scandal and this polygamy scandal. You know what this reminded me? Of? This reminded me of Crystalia's sex ring the more I heard about it here. But the week before even that show, they were still somewhat trying to defend him and what was going on and some of his backlash here. I even while trying to defend him, though, they couldn't make the same criticism. They couldn't help but make the same criticism that I and many other people have made that this is not somebody that's able to successfully avoid the trolls. Let's take a little listen to this clip where they talk about his hypocrisy.
14: Gone down if he were actually the one, you know what I mean? Like- yeah.
11: Matt Reif commented on his TikTok and was like, lying about like medical shit is illegal, blah, blah, blah. And all the comments back to Matt Reif were like, so now who can take a joke?
14: One thing about Matt Reif is he is going to fight with somebody in a comment section. Right. And I get it. Yeah. I do it and I have to stop myself from doing it because it's like, it is, it's so hard because I always look back on it. and I'm like, why the fuck did you say that? That's so embarrassing. But in the moment, it's like, it's so hard to see people like,
11: but I you you never once have had your brand be like I'm not gonna fight with you in a comment section. You know, That's like, a good point. like the way you are on this podcast, the way you are in life, you give I'm gonna fight with you in a comment 100%. section. One hundred percent. Like he's online saying like I don't give a fuck about what anyone says about me and then you're fighting in a comment section. It's right. like the
3: negating what He's ending his special saying, I guess I only do crowd work and then dropping the mic opening the floodgates of people to make fun of him online it's very very much not building your brand on it i think that's a well said point
11: what you directly want your brand to be i think is what's hurting it
14: is kind of hard to yeah, have this whole thing about like you know it's all a joke it's all a joke yeah
11: and then i would just love to see him double down and i guess joke on this you know what i mean and he then, is.
14: did you see his um yeah story yeah what, what were your thoughts the helmets They're still- um we're I are thought- still
3: talking about this helmet situation, and in fact, this whole podcast, and they have to come back the next week and say, I'm so sorry that we were defending him. We, we, we Let's go ahead and just jump into that next week's clip here, and this is really the big story. Exact- now, a lot of people have kind of pulled back. Apparently, they've been talking and referring to Matt Reif as DC Guy, so if you go back and listen to some of their older episodes, you're going to find them mentioning DC Guy. Now people are pulling clips and finding, oh, they're talking about Matt Reif. Let's pull those clips. So we're not really going to go over some of those examples. But let's just jump to the meat of the bones here. Now that we've had a little warm up, a little appetizer, we'll jump into exactly what caused this week's Matt Reif controversy. Now take a quick note here. This is about 35 minutes into the show. So they've had to do a lot of build up and a lot of warming up to get into this before they're prepared to talk about the subject. We'll jump about 35 minutes into the show. And I think we'll just let it ride for a little bit.
14: I'm seeing blue and black right now. I'm seeing white and gold right now. We don't need to do that. At all. <laughs> Looks like we're tired. Like this was, this was a high podcast. Edition. Okay, well, we were just talking about Trisha.
3: The boots come and down.
14: I, I've been watching all her recent episodes. Trisha has been going in on Matt Rife. I think, harder than maybe anybody. Oh, you're ready. And it's hilarious. Not hilarious, but... Oh, you're ready. And you can see this
3: woman on the right, she- this Tana woman is is gearing up she's saying oh things are coming she could see that you could see the excitement on her face you wonder oh well, what's happening
14: she's probably gonna watch last week's episode news like, in the oh, making okay relax Sorry, i can i can it's not that crazy i just like i'm thinking to myself i'm like god i wonder if she sees that and she's like disappointed in me because i'm like
3: uh, referring talking, to what what the weeks I before episode
14: forever okay. okay no i'm not disappointed in you i
11: i just hate holding shit in Obviously, you know, like, I'm always like, leave this in, put it in, like, whatever. And and if you go back and watch the Matt Rife episode, you can just feel my disdain. There's a difference definitely. That
3: we difference could, and I would encourage everybody. Like him. I've said, I watched that before, and you could see some things were a little off, but he was very loose until that question came, and Tana was the one really pushing it, so you knew she was trying to get something out of it.
14: him ...and my energy toward him, because I, like, really, I thought the world of him. I'm getting a little bit of backlash okay we both kind of are honestly be- for being like a little bit of like matt ripe apologists yes last
11: right and, and i, I never want to be that i can't stress this enough but at the end of the day you're my best friend and if you want to protect something yeah i'm not gonna i'm uh, like me saying how i truly feel about him in this situation would go against what you wanted
14: yeah and i appreciate that so honestly thanks for thanks for backing me up on that but i like
3: and backing her up defending Matt. right we're just gonna skip a little ahead here of course they talk about this for about eight minutes so we're just trying to hit the main beats
14: and so that's what i expected of him And so like obviously like when i got to know him and stuff i was like okay wait that's not him at all
11: yeah and like and at the time, he was just blowing up and hot and funny. Like, there wasn't as many bad things. Like, I completely see why you would do it. I would do it. Yeah, you know? and
14: so, well, for context, Mr. D.C. is Matt Reif. Mr. Yeah. D.C. is Right, yeah. and here's the I big reveal.
3: Opening up the floodgates for like, people to come know, look at the old shows. What were they talking so, about? Matt Reif.
14: Person than I would have thought, you know what I mean? Matt, he, I wouldn't say he was, like, my ex or anything, because it wasn't, like, this serious relationship. But, like, it was more, like, I wasn't just hooking up with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. it was, like, it was very. You liked him. Yeah, I really liked him, and he like, even more like more so from his end, he was the one who was initiating the conversations that were like, yeah,
3: it's very sad, you know, and that's the same things you were hearing about these Chris D'Elia stories. and then a lot of comparisons there. We'll jump a little further ahead.
14: Remember, you had come with me to his show at the Laugh Factory, and like, mm-hmm. I had just you know flown across the country to go spend time with him and see all his shows and whatever.
3: Certainly, and well, you're getting to know Alec each other,
14: and like, just literally was like not blowing me off but just didn't really like yeah and keep like in mind you guys
11: are next door neighbors yeah he looked so it was like very like it's like your home and i could throw a rock
14: through your window
3: it's you too know? bad yeah. and you know something's so wrong she's getting the hint
14: frustration i'm like how embarrassing that i just went like ended all of this and then you come back and you can't even hardly spend time with me it happened a couple times he'd come to la a couple times where it was like i would only you would go to dinner like once or something and i'm like wait what like just strange so we went to the show at the Laugh Factory that night. You saw him when he came, said hi, whatever. And he's like, "Okay, babe, like I'll see you after the show." I'm so happy, you're babe. Doing this. I can't express to you this serotonin. Listen, I'm. You know what? Whatever.
11: I'm so proud of you.
14: He tells me like, "Okay, like I'll see you after the show. I'll be over as soon as I'm done, whatever." I stay up.
3: She 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 gets left but hanging. You know, she starts getting frustrated. Things are clearly going on. We'll move on. You know, we're. I'm having Whitney flashbacks,
14: and that was when like the conversation happened where he was just like, "I'm so, like, I'm so sorry, but I don't, I do not have time. Like, I don't for have ta- time. Like, no, I don't have time for the relationship. Like, I just don't." And he's like, "I." He told me, he says, "I haven't felt this way about anybody in so long. Like, I and I've been dreading telling you because he's like, I just wanted to keep like doing it as long as I could, but like, I just I can't put energy into this. Like, whatever." Mm-hmm. And I. It was, like, sle- like, so respectful, honestly. Like, and it's crazy,
3: the me. language, even, that should, maybe she's embellishing it a little bit and kind of adding her own language, but if that's how he's speaking, it's very, it's very uh, you might call it predatory.
14: Respectful, and I I really do, like, gauge... Like, this how, Matt like, Rife is I a dangerous guy, if you ask on, like, me, he Jerry. ...handles, like, something like that, and he was so sweet to me and nice to me, and he, like, he hit all the points, and he, like, made me feel, like, good about it, so I was, like... I just respect him a lot. Yeah, go okay? on, kill it. And I've had that same like feeling about him all of this time because I'm just like, you know what? I. Like, she does a lot of I'm prefacing here before she supporter. drops the bomb, so huh? I, like love to see like him be successful and like I was with him when his last special came out, so to see him get a Netflix special was like huge. Right, you,
3: know, you okay? must have been so excited. So
14: imagine my like how I felt when I'm seeing like, oh my god, like this guy got like the one thing in the world that he wanted, and everybody fucking. Hates it, like, yeah. Hates it, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I just felt so bad for him because I'm like,
3: yeah. I don't think people really felt that strongly about the Matt rice special. You know, I was on the Johnny O podcast recently, and he almost just felt the same way that I felt—really underwhelmed, not edgy enough, not funny enough, just very middle of the road. So I don't know. Yeah, Brooke, Brooke thought they were very hateful, but you know, I thought it was Whether honest it was criticism. Whether
14: up in the air, but like. He tries really hard and he works really hard and I actually did just about to about like his one thing that he
3: now that we've prefaced this for eight minutes, Brooke. Let's go ahead and drop so the ball.
14: So I didn't feel bad coming in here and defending him and honestly, like you guys don't even know how bad it was because I cut some of it. I was like, This is I'm gonna get cooked. But I was on here like I'm like, I love Matt. He he respects women. Like Which is crazy. I, I was. Like I could because I really like I'm like I feel that I have always felt that way about him. I really felt like he respected me, like I did. And women in general. But tell me why. But silent Girl, disrespect
11: is just as loud as vocal disrespect. I know but Well, that's... it
3: wouldn't you know, I have to a little David Collins fact check there. Silent disrespect, certainly not as loud as any vocalized disrespect. I would, that's let's that's put okay. a
14: put a damper on that quickly, I Tana. On TikTok the other day, and I get tagged in a video. Of this girl, and it's her and Matt. It's all these photos of her and Matt, like a little slideshow, if you will. Okay. Oh, that sounds cute. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I go to the comments, and she had commented back to somebody, and she was like, relax, you guys. This was at the beginning of this year. I go, hmm. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, what? When? <laughs> like, when was it exactly? Uh oh. Because I was seeing him at the be- beginning of this year. And right. Like, I'm like, when was it? So I DM her.
3: DM comes. All right. I, Jerry, could we get a drum roll here? We should put the drum roll in right about now.
14: DM her. And I'm, I'm like, hey, like, just wondering, honestly, like, what was the timeline exactly? Just because, like, I'm, I'm curious. Cause, Can I mean,
3: you, we really, I mean, imagine if we had a girlfriend. zoom right now, we could zoom right into this woman's face. Look, Tana is, is unconsolable
14: was not long after me either, so I'm like, it had to have been around the same time. Immediately, she puts me into a group chat.
3: Right, and that's the clip that's you been going around. Want
14: to be in a group chat with beautiful, strange women, okay?
3: Well, you can add me to that group chat. I would take Beautiful, strange women, that sounds like a fine group chat to me. And anybody frustrated at all the pausing that I'm doing over here, I apologize, but this clip has been going around. I hope that you've seen it by now.
14: When I tell you Tana, you want to talk about women in STEM? We were fucking, there were timelines, there were Venn diagrams, there was, we were comparing notes. It was so. Crazy. I see why
11: you waited to tell me this.
3: Those yeah, Venn diagrams absolutely. must be interesting.
14: I'm telling you, Tana, for a man who doesn't have time, this man had the most <laughs> oh, you're time. Fun. You
11: know, I get, I get, I, when I'm.
3: All right, we'll cut her off there, but for a man who doesn't have any time, he sure has the most time. And that's really our Matt Rife coverage. I think that's all. We kind of wanted to jump through some of those clips and just make sure everybody's kind of caught up on what's going on. Do we have any final notes there? Write Chris D'Elia style sex ring around the country. That's another thing. This is a real national operation that he seems to be running here. But that's it. That was our coverage of Matt Reif. Did we do? Did we do any exit closer? Are we just ending the show abruptly? Alright, well maybe I should shout out blindmike.net, you know, you find everything, it's a link tree, it's not actually much of a website, you find it and you find all those links there, so I'm not sure, why don't we just pull that up on the website here, why don't I'm we- I'm really
11: mad, I just started laughing. We go.
3: Yeah, I... To end the Matt Reif segment, we'll go to blindmike.net, you see it's in my suggested there, unfortunately, the site cannot be reached. Oh, that's interesting, Blind Mike, you need to fix your website, so. Everybody listening, if anybody checks this and sees that it's fixed, make sure you email me, dc 30 halfhour at gmail.com. That's great. This has been The Blind Mike Project. I've been David Collins, and you've been the best.
0: Yeah, David Collins rides into town A man of grit and fearless renown His words cut through like a sharpened knife bringing truth to this frontier life. or oh, David Collins, a man of might. His
1: voice echoes through the night. He stirs our
2: souls and will stand tall for this challenging man who
7: won't let us fall.